Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They're longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about Dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you steam. It's Willard and Dibs. <laughs> On 95.7, The Game. Baxter Holmes of ESPN in 45 minutes. Cover story. Golden State Warriors. The headlines. Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, and a Golden State Warriors dynasty at a crossroads. See you at the crossroads. crossroads, See you at the crossroads, crossroads, dude. Totally. Yeah, so Baxter Holmes going to join join us at at 3.15, and we'll talk this out. Can I read just one quote to start? There's so many. I, I've been and, thumbing through this thing, and it's, wow, it's yeah. incredible. And it's sports radio, so I know I'm not going to change any of your minds. Yep. I have nothing bad to say about Joe Lacob, and I'm not bothered by arrogance. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. How the hell, how would you be Joe Lacob and not be arrogant? How's that even possible? You're a billionaire. Right, self-made, by the way. You changed the entire structure of the city of San Francisco. You arrived and turned a franchise that was a joke into a consistent champion. I don't know how the hell you wouldn't be arrogant. I'd be arrogant. I am, and I don't even have any of those things. Well, and he was arrogant even before he became a four-time champion. He was arrogant when he stepped to the floor when he took the team 14 years ago at the Mullen retirement ceremony, and he got booed soundly. Come on, people. But, and, I mean, I, I was watching that at home, and I was like... It was uncomfortable. Oh, no, doubled it over with very, laughter. Yeah, I, it was one yeah, of the but, funniest things I've ever seen. Right, but, but discomfort, sometimes you react with laughter. I mean, it was... Right. It, yes, it was very uncomfortable for someone, not you. Right. Right. I, I saw an owner who had so much arrogance <laughs> and hubris, and this guy is up there... Going on and on, and you know, trying to steal the moment from Mullen or whatever the feelings were at the time. It was like, who do you think you are? You turn this team into a winner. Mm-hmm. Come on, Lacobe. 
And then you got nothing. <laughs> so true. For a while, it was Dude, Joe Lacombe. It was Lacombe for until <laughs> he got that first title. I forgot about yeah. that. A lot of Lacombe. <laughs> <laughs> and Goober. Yeah. And like his partner's name is Goober. What are we doing here? This guy's gonna make the Warriors a winner, and he brought he brought his buddy Goober with him. What we, and he's a part owner of the Dodgers? Right. Get right. out of here. Yeah, look at him now. Yeah, look at him now. Look at him now. Looking for one for the thumb. However, one rival exec told Baxter Holmes, quote. These rich dudes all think they have the magic touch. Most get humbled by losing early in their ownership tenure. Joe Lacob came in with the same attitude, and then he won everything for 10 years. So it's understandable he thinks he can do no wrong. End quote. I think that's interesting. There's no criticism in there. The word is understandable. And I understand it. And as I've said to you a number of times, I'm not bothered by arrogance. It's one of the reasons Kyle Shanahan doesn't bother me one damn bit. I'm not bothered by arrogance. Well, he can't be arrogant because he hasn't won. Great. How dare he? Yeah, exactly. I'm, it just doesn't bother me. I think it's an absolute necessity. We, we demand it from some and then get turned off by it from others. Right? If somebody's on the court or on the field talking trash, that's arrogance. Doesn't bother us. We think it's cool. It's part of the whole picture. But... Uh, others are not allowed, and it's a turnoff, whatever. I have no issue with Joe Lake of being arrogant. My my thought process is, what does this mean? If he truly does think he has the magic touch, and there are other things we will read to you shortly that would suggest he does, he really believes, and 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 he's not wrong, that he's had a major hand in this. I'm not saying he, even Joe doesn't think that, the, that, that Steph Curry's presence is is the number one reason. I think he gets that. But he's been a very successful businessman. He has crushed it for the Warriors. Therefore, he thinks you can just stay at least in the neighborhood of up there all the time, every year, no matter what, because I said so. Right. I don't know if you can do that. I don't even know if you want to do that. And the reason it's such great timing to talk about this today, good job, Baxter and your editors, is that we start tonight in a number of, what do we got? Four and a half hours. Yeah. Warrior Survivor starts 29 games to figure out who gets to stay on the island. And then what? Joe Lacob will demand that everything stay at an incredibly high level. And I don't necessarily know if you can just demand that. I don't know if you can make it so just because you say so. Especially when you are dealing with trying to get out of the second apron and try to get underneath the tax. It's one thing if you were in an uncapped sport where you could just throw money at the problem like the Yankees seem to do each and every year and the Dodgers have done, although they're paying Shohei Otani a dollar, as you mentioned before. In the NBA, you don't have that ability. And Steph Curry's salary goes up, and then it goes up again. So you're trying to build around Steph, you're trying to maximize his window, and you're trying to prolong this winning way, this winning culture, this winning streak that you've been going on. At some point, Steph is going to retire. And your young players, if they're good enough, if Kaminga's good enough to be 
a perennial all-star and you can build around him, well, then maybe you won't have to have that dip. But it's very rare. The San Antonio thing is a great example, and Baxter cites it in his story about how they were trying to bridge the gap, and they had it bridged from Duncan and Robinson to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi wins a title, and then Kawhi gets hurt, and Kawhi gets disgruntled, and he leaves, and there it goes. Drop the curtain on that bridge because it ended. and, And who are they now? Still under the same great Hall of Fame coach in Greg Popovich. Right, same owner, I think. Yeah, they can barely win a game. Right. They can barely win a game. They're but, lottery bound again. Well, that's I think they're doing but, it intentionally. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know about intentionally. They're they're handing the reins over to Victor Wembanyama and this is what young players do. They lose. They lose. Young players lose unless they are um, you know, bit role players who can contribute to a winner. That's fine, but you don't hand them the keys. Right. That's for sure. Well, unless they're playing alongside a legend like Magic won as a young player, but he was playing alongside Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they had a stacked team. Totally. But in in this day and age in the NBA, young players, you don't win. It takes time, and you have to build a roster around you. Also, back then, that was when players largely were coming out after years of seasoning in college. Right. Or at least, right, a year or two, even yeah. something. Something. Now players are coming in. They're 18 years old. Good they point. They weigh 120 pounds, and they're like, I'm going to be great. It's like, cool, sit there for a few years, and we'll talk to you in a little bit. But you're right. You use the phrase bridge the gap. That's actually, uh, as this article really details, what, what two timelines used to be called. Like, this, and, and we'll ask Baxter this. It sounds like this actually came up in a boardroom, and Joe Lacob was like, bridge the gap. Like, he wrote it on the wall. That's what we're doing. We're going to bridge the gap. And they didn't know how much the big three had left or if they were still championship caliber at their age and their injuries. Turns out they probably were wrong in thinking that their days leading a team to a title were over. So then in 2022, poof, they win. And they're like, whoa. Didn't see that coming. Right. If we had seen that coming, we probably would have drafted players who weren't projects. Therefore, they could contribute right away. We knowingly, purposefully drafted players who were projects. And, yes, that caused some discord between ownership and the coaching staff. And why wouldn't it? Look at what it's led to. It's led to an opinion that is rampant in this market that Steve Kerr is bad for young people. And I think it's a big puff of smoke. The whole thing. You know who Steve Kerr plays? The people who will help. Yeah. Today. Today. He's not perfect. Should he have left Kaminga in against the Nuggets? Yes. Moody. Yes. yes. The Moody one. Yes. Yeah. But now we're, now we're barreling it down to a half of basketball. The, the big picture. Listen to this. This is from Baxter's article. The Warriors bridge the gap approach which Lakeup outlined with The Athletic shortly after they selected Kaminga and Moody in 21, initially was met with apprehension and skepticism among the coaching staff, who believed that competing for championships while properly developing young talent was, quote, virtually unprecedented. <laughs> Let me change it. It's not virtually unprecedented. It's unprecedented. You can't do it. Well, the you Spurs did it. it, and then it ended because really, Kawhi though. left. Yeah, but not really. Your t- two timelines means that, like, you guys are going to do this and win, and then you're going to leave, and then you guys are going to do this and win, and we're going to draft projects 
and we're going to do this all yeah. on the fly. The Spurs made 22 consecutive playoff appearances, and they won five titles over the course of 15 years. But never with lottery picks who were projects. Kawhi Leonard was a college basketball player. He's a stud who was drafted, yeah, yeah, and was drafted in the teens. Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, players from overseas who they were picking up in the second round for crying out right. loud. So the, the gap can be bridged, but when you're drafting 18 and 19 year old projects, it makes it more difficult. And just a bit, yeah, the fact that they won that championship sent the whole thing into a certain amount of of disrepair because now. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep these guys on ice for two or three more years while you're chasing another chip? Because that's kind of where where they are now. They, they got rid of Wiseman. They got rid of Poole. And Moody's been shuttled toward the end of the bench. And Kaminga's emerged. But if Kaminga hadn't emerged this year, he probably would still be getting 10th man minutes. Yeah. I, there's just there's a lot in here that I think starts tonight. And it's incredibly interesting. And you can lay out whether you're not concerned at all or, or, or totally concerned, but think about the words and the actions, right? Bridge the gap, the two timelines, and then it becomes, remember Joe, Joe Lacob standing at the back of the Steve Kerr press yes, conference? Yeah. Warriors had just gotten Jokic'd, right? He hits the half-court shot. They Man. lose. They blow that game. Kaminga hadn't played the final 18 minutes, and there's Lacob in the back of the press conference staring at Steve. The hell was that, Steve? The hell was that? Okay? And Steve's sitting here going, well, I, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> right? Like, what do you – so Wiggins is playing really well. You want Wiggins to play well. You want Steph to play well. You want me to get Clay going? You want me to develop Kaminga? You want me to win the game? You want Moody in? Pajemski's on the come. I've been trying to say this all year, and I know it's not a great like sports take, but can we take a minute for how difficult this is? Take Steve Kerr's name out of it if it triggers you. For any coaching staff to figure out how to play who and when, I got another one for you. Chris Paul's about to return. You want him to play? Of course. Whose minutes is he taking? He's taking Podjemski's minutes. I don't like that. Yeah, of course not. That's a no from me, dog. But Pods is uh, Pods has been playing great. But Chris Paul's a veteran, and when you get into nut crunching time and you get down the stretch, you want to have that veteran presence. So, you know, he's not taking Corey Joseph's minutes anymore. I know the Warriors four games over five hundred when he comes back. Are they two games under 500? They're probably about the same. What are they playing for? What's the goal? Chris Paul's going to have his option declined. He's not a part of the future. Pajemski yeah. is. Like, you got to navigate this almost quarter by quarter. But you're not worried about the future. You're worried about this year. Joe Lacob and, is. Well, Joe Lacob's worried about this year. And he knows in the future that Chris Paul won't be here. So, and Brandon Pajemski, if you happen to reduce his minutes in the interest of winning now, he's going to be fine and he'll play again. But to your point, your bigger point, it's not easy when you've got 12 playable guys figuring out who plays when and how much you're going to play. The whole idea about Steve Kerr and being able to coach the young players and develop young players, that is a gigantic misnomer to me because young players develop or they don't on their own. Jonathan Kaminga put in the work this offseason and got better. And he got a chance to play this year 
And he's shown lately, especially, that those gains that he made are now paying off. And if he wasn't playing well and he put in all that work in the summer, if he's coming back and still not getting it, that's not on Steve Kerr. That's on Jonathan Kaminga to get better. Well, and, and then there's also this. I mean, in many ways, the whole idea of Steve Kerr and the Warriors staff doesn't know how to develop young players. This was a debate that was raging when it was raging in between 2021 and 2022 because the Warriors had just gotten a bunch of young players in the lottery. And people were like, you got to play them. You got to develop them. Stop going on this goose chase for another ring. Right. And think about it now. Steve's sitting there going, okay, okay. Actually, I'm going to stick with what I believe. And it and it developed a chasm, I believe. That was when this was born. The current chasm between Steve Kerr and the fans. It was born then. What happened in the summer of 2022? Y'all, Steve was right. They won the title. Steve was right. Yeah. And Joe was wrong. And that's okay to say. That doesn't make Joe a bad owner. It doesn't. But Steve was right and Joe was wrong. Joe was at the top. I mean, obviously, Bob Myers, too. But Joe even states in this article we could have drafted people who were more ready to play, but we didn't. Well, Joe, why? Because at the heart of the matter, you thought you were done winning. You thought you were done. And Steve's sitting over here in the corner going, uh, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm going to be stubborn, and I'm going to stick with my vets. And you got another ring out of it. Did it delay some things? Did it, boy, did it crater Wiseman's career? Maybe, although I think he just can't play. You know, did it slow Kaminga? You could argue that. Was it worth it? <laughs> of course. Of course it was. So that's what I wonder. That's what I wonder going forward. He's all but admitting with all of these quotes, they, that they thought the Warriors were done. They thought they were done winning. So he's trying to start moving forward, and it's not an irrational thing. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people thought they were done. And so that has shaped who they drafted and how they've approached the whole thing. And now, now take that into this year, because the same exact thing, to a degree, is happening. Are you done winning? Is it time to start? Develop like really going okay, Kaminga and Pajemski. This is your show. Is it time to do that? Or with these last 29 games, do you want to see what veteran players who are now playing well can do? You want to see what the veterans can do until you get to a point where you actually are done winning because you can get into the 10 seed, the nine, the eight, the seven. It doesn't matter. You can go on a run and you have veterans who've won championships before. So you're not done winning, and you're going to play Pajemski and you're going to play Kaminga anyway because they're now part of the rotation. You don't have to develop them. Now, if you want to start giving Lester Quinones minutes and bring up Guy Santos and we're getting Moses Moody 30 minutes a night, well, then, yeah, then you're looking at giving up on the season and you're being done trying to win this year. But right now you're going to play those other two young guys because they're good. Let me throw another quote at you from when Kaminga and Moody got uh, got uh, got drafted, or as Gu would say, Kamudi. So, quote: um, "We now have some incredible potential 
that we can bridge to the future. When you can do both of these things at once, it's magic. That's end quote from Joe Lacob. Um, I think when you can do both of these things at once, it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. I don't think it's possible. And I, and I, and I do wonder how that sort of, it wasn't a marketing slogan, but it almost became one, don't you think? The whole two timelines thing. It's like I, I, they didn't make T-shirts. No, that was a media creation. It was, but it. But he it's, never said two timelines, but they acted like they were trying to do that. And they and they said things that led to that, right? And he did. He coined bridge the gap. That was going to be the that was the game plan. And I think that that has shaded what a lot of people think about the Golden State Warriors right now, and what they think about Steve Kerr, who's sitting here right now on February twenty second unsigned for the future. I hope Steve Kerr is still the coach of this team. And, and, and I really wonder what it is that has him currently not the head coach of this team beyond this year. What is it? Well, he said to us that it's just uh, you know a question of working out the details. He wants to still be the coach, and I would imagine Joe Lacob still wants him to be the coach, and maybe that's something that uh, we can ask Baxter when he comes on here at 3.15 about, you know, Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr. But I can't imagine that Joe Lacob, the owner, is ready to move off of Steve Kerr. Now, maybe the price tag that Steve wants is too high for what Joe's willing to pay maybe. going forward. That is yet to be determined. I'm more interested in the Clay Thompson part of this as we get into the offseason. And I do think that's determined by how this last 29 games goes. Uh, Charles in Redwood City here on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Charles, what's going on? What's up, Mark? What's up, Diz? Yo, Charles. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I, just, I just wanted to say that I think sometimes when the two timeline thing comes up, I think people, they look, first of all, let me say, I love Steve Kerr. I, I don't think the Warriors should get rid of him. I don't think he should have ever been fired. I was never anybody who said anything like that. But, at, but the one thing that did frustrate a lot of fans about him, about the two timeline thing, I'll just use that for lack of better words, is that last year, you're right about 2022, Mark, wholeheartedly. They won the championship, period. But they also did have a, a young ascending player in Jordan Poole that absolutely helped them win that championship. There's really no denying that. True. And when and – when, I'm sorry. I said true. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. And uh, so moving to the next year, though, when they were to defend their title, what, what people got frustrated with, a lot frustrated with, and like I said, I love Steve Kerr. I'm a Spurs fan. He won me a championship, two of them. One, almost single-handedly in the game, we were going to lose to Dallas and lose the series. But he, he, did, he played Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb major minutes, major minutes. Those dudes did not help the Warriors get anywhere. The thing, last, the thing that helped them get somewhere last year was when Andrew Wiggins disappeared for his personal reasons and Kaminga was inserted in the lineup. They were like 11th. They weren't even in the play-in. They ended up in the sixth. So, to me, all those minutes that didn't go to Moody, didn't go to Wiseman, didn't go to Kaminga in the beginning of the year, I think that the Warriors would be further ahead this year. And, and what are they missing? The only thing they really are missing truly off their team is some size. And people can speak to Wiseman and say he's not doing anything to Detroit, but the kid they got in front of him would start on 23 teams in the NBA. Jalen Durant is a heck of a basketball player. So he's, he's not getting minutes there either because he's blocked. 
So, but I think he'd be better in the Warriors because he probably could grab a couple rebounds if he was stronger a year in. More yep. defensive training from Draymond Green. Charles, yeah, you're, great call. Yeah. You're not, you're Charles, not wrong. Yeah. Um, he can't not. play the Steve Kerr system, and this is something that Baxter put in his article about the read and react offense yep. and how Steve likes to run it and what Steph needs offensively. James Wiseman, he can't do what they need him to do. Uh, there's more to respond on that, and, yeah. and, and we will coming up here in just a second. And Baxter Holmes, who wrote the articles, twenty minutes away. We're presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. It's Willard and Dibs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Baxter Holmes in 15 minutes. Do you agree with this, Dibs? Again, I'm just sitting here rolling through this article. Yeah. And I'm like scribbling down notes and circling quotes. Notes um, and quotes. Look yeah, at you. notes and quotes. Fantasy team name next year. Uh, actually, that's boring. Anyway, <laughs> check it out. And we'll take your calls. We'd love, love to connect with y'all on this. 888-957-9570. Uh, Steve Kerr, Joe Lake of the Warriors Future, all in center focus. Tonight, in four hours, Warriors-Lakers, and it begins Warriors Survivor, 29 games to stay on the island. Um, go ahead and give us a call. Baxter Holmes, who has a huge ESPN feature article on the Warriors, joins us in 15 minutes. Now, don't get mad at the messenger. This quote is from, while unnamed, a former Warriors staffer. Okay, this person worked with and on the team. Sure. Quote, I think ownership made a decision about four years ago that they were going to try to have it all, and it backfired. They probably should have focused on players that just fit with Steph versus trying for the home run swings. You agree with that? No. You don't. What does backfiring look like? Is backfiring winning a championship? Is backfiring going to the second round of the playoffs? I, mean, I don't. I don't think that. No. I think that backfiring is too strong because now, if they didn't win that championship two years ago, 
you could look at it and say, yeah, might have backfired on you. But you still went out and you won a championship. James Wiseman played zero minutes but that's in that. Well, the point is you won the championship. I know, so that's which, not a backfire. No, but he's talking about philosophically, I shouldn't say he, he or she, whoever this former they, warrior staff is. We don't know is. the pronoun. Well, th- th- this person is speaking directly to the philosophy that took over at that time four years ago with regard to acquiring players. And and so the Warriors won a championship in 2022 despite all of their acquisitions. Not because of them. Despite of them. Well, Jordan Poole was one, but that was probably that not was what the, le- this person's talking yeah, that about. Yeah, was, that was prior to this, the, you know, four years ago. That was prior to that. This right. Is, th- this is J- James Wiseman. It's James Wiseman, Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody is what it is. Wiseman was a backfire. You had the number yeah, two Wiseman pick Wiseman was draft. a miss, absolutely. A backfire. So well, I think, that's I what think the, it's more the philosophy of what they tried to do that this person is talking about. And I think to that extent, they were trying to elongate the era by drafting 18 and 19-year-old projects and hoping that by the end of Steph, Clay, and Dre, they'd be 23, 24, 25, and they'd be then ready to take the baton. So the very nate notion of the philosophy is flawed, as you were pointing out before. Well, Lakeham acknowledges it in here. He says, look, we could have drafted players with a lower ceiling that would have helped right away. So maybe, maybe you did navigate it. Right, Jonathan Kaminga now looks like maybe he will be a home run. You know, you you draft that project with the thought of like, okay, the talent is unquestionable, but this is going to take a while. This is going to so this person cannot contribute right now. Um, you hope that they could potentially be the centerpiece, though, of a non-lottery team, as right. you put it, down the road, and maybe he can. Maybe he can. I mean, Draymond Green just two weeks ago said this guy's now a legit two. He's a two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and maybe he will be. But the idea was the Warriors went after home runs as opposed to, like, we could have hit a double, and maybe that person sure. would have helped. And uh, Well, Dibs, maybe last year would have gone better. Maybe. I mean, last year went went pretty well. Considering where you were and what you had, and yeah. had you gone for a a single, a little base hit, do you beat the Lakers? Do you go on to win the NBA championship? I doubt it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just, mean, I don't, I don't you, see it. You ended up with non like, and this is kind of where I wanted to respond to Charles, who made it sound like the Warriors were uh, heads buried in the sand and everything was going to die when Andrew Wiggins went out and Jonathan Kaminga stepped in and saved the season. That's not really the story that I remember. I think that's overstating it just a wee bit. Right. Um, I'd have to look at really exactly where they were when Wiggins went out. That sounds a little excessive to me that they were the 11 seed. I don't know. I do remember everything was super bunched up. So the difference between the 11 seed and the right. six seed was like a game and a half. So... I, you know, there's context there, and I don't remember Jonathan Kaminga stepping in and saving the season. He had some really good games, but you also can't argue that the reason he got yanked out of the playoffs is because he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't making good decisions. He wasn't doing the right thing, and that's sort of, I don't know, I mean, that is one of the core pieces of, of what I'm kind of getting at today. I really do feel like Steve Kerr has been unfairly branded. Well, really, branded, I, I, branded I, by the fans, yeah. and you exactly, know, and that's where. But Lakeup, Lakeup paved the path 
He didn't do it on purpose, but he paved the path by this, like, two timelines. And then when it didn't work out, it's like, oh, well, Steve can't develop young people. Well, he never said that. That was the the notion from the fans. And fans are too quick to forget that they won a championship a couple of seasons ago. So you, you've mentioned it before, and we've all talked about it ad nauseum, the idea of developing young players. Okay, it takes 20, 25, 30 minutes a night every night on the regular to develop a young player and have them learn on the fly how to be an NBA player. Well, you can't do that with players who aren't ready to play those minutes and still try to win a championship. Brandon Podjemski is an interesting case because he is being developed and you're trying to win a championship this year. And he's a rookie and he's getting minutes that normally wouldn't go to a rookie like that, but he's able to do the things that they need him to do So he gets the minutes, and he gets to develop while the team also is chasing a championship. He's more polished than Jonathan Kaminga was as a rookie. Certainly more polished than James Wiseman, who had played 40 minutes of college basketball before he became a Golden State Warrior. So you can develop young players if the young player is ready to be developed, and they develop on their own. That's one one way to say it. I agree with that. And then there's a second piece, which the team also – has to be in a spot that that allows for development. Like another quote from this article from someone on a different NBA team was just kind of a fun one-sentence quote. It was the Warriors had time, and then they didn't. They they thought they had time. Yeah, let's bring in Wiseman and Kaminga. We got all the time in the world. Steph and Clay were hurt, wouldn't get these guys Lakeham admits it. He goes, you're not wrong. If you thought that we thought that maybe we were done winning titles, you're right. You're right. Like He's like, I'm not going to lie to you. We thought that it might be over. And so we've got time, right? Yes, there's still three really great players here, and we can do some things. But we've also got time to start developing what's going to happen next. And then what did they start that year? What was their record? Like 20 18 and, and two, I yeah, think. Yeah. Start 18 and two, and you're like, we've got time. We've got, oh, oh, no, no, we don't. We don't have time. And you're right, Dibs. It wasn't just, hey, we played really well. It was the flagship acquisition of that group was awful. Wiseman was terrible in those first 10 games. Right. He was brutal. He was absolutely brutal in ways that most of us fans can't see. But, like, the defensive rotations were a hot mess. And they were winning basketball games anyway. But imagine how those conversations go, and what would you have Steve do? Draymond Green pulls you into your office. Hey, Steve. Knock it off. (laughs) Dude, he's terrible. Get him off the floor. Oh, but develop young people. Get him off the floor. Kavon Looney's sitting there, and we can win. What do you want Steve to do? Right. I would I would ask him to do exactly what he did, and off they went, and they won the whole damn thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that was the year where Wiseman got hurt early and yep. actually didn't play a minute in that season, but the way that that season started, 18-2, and two, and all of a sudden you had to change, you had to recalibrate. It was a recalibration sensation is what it was of your expectations, your rotation, your development, and all the rest of it. And then last year, you were in a spot where, okay, you're, you're trying to compete for a championship, and you were maybe trying to serve both ends of it, 
and Kaminga was the one who kind of got victimized. But a little bit. I think that Kaminga wasn't ready. When you look at where Kaminga is now, the player that he is, is it only because Steve Kerr is now playing him? I, I would beg to differ. I think Jonathan Kaminga has grown up. He's worked in his game. He's figured out what they need him to do. He's given more consistent effort. All those things have led to him being this player as opposed to the player who was sulking and unplayable in May last no year. No doubt, no doubt. And by the way, I'm okay if sometimes that takes a little bit longer than you want it to. In other words, was Kaminga ready at the beginning of this year to, to have a bigger role? Maybe, maybe. But a young player like was forced to wait. I remember a business contact that ended up being really good for me once upon a time. Like I reached out to him. I called him. He didn't respond. And I called him, he didn't respond. I called him, he didn't respond. Then I called him, and the next thing you know, we're at a high-level meeting like the next day. And I'm like, I called you like four times. <laughs> he goes, I know. I know. I wanted to see if you'd call again. And I wanted to see if you'd call again. I wanted to see what you were about. And then I thought you were ready. Same thing with a young basketball player, nice. right? Nice. Right? He Steve Kerr'd you, this he guy. Did. He did. I'm like, what do you got against young people? <laughs> I wasn't that young. Anyway, uh, Warriors back in action tonight against the Lakers, 7 o'clock. Warriors live with E-Dog, Evan Giddings, 6 o'clock, presented by Xfinity. At home or on the go, you get the fastest internet to all your devices. Okay, Baxter Holmes, here we go. He wrote the article, huge feature on the Warriors and their future, and obviously had lengthy conversations with Joe Lacob. We got all kinds of questions, in, and we asked them next on Willard and Dibs. I love the young people. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bay Area, it's Draymond Green. And you're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. 
All right, we continue. 888-957-9570. The Warriors and Lakers play tonight. No LeBron James um, in this basketball game. It's all tuckered out. Used up all his energy in the All-Star game. I don't know why you'd expect him to play, so uh, he's out. But Steve Kerr hates it when the other team's star is out. So we'll see how it goes. We're all over it. Warriors Survivor starts 29 games to see who stays on the island. Glad you're with us, and we're really glad that this guy's with us. Interesting, fascinating article on ESPN from Baxter Holmes. Baxter, great job. Love the article. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So in reading through the whole thing, here's the number one question I want to ask you. Is Joe Lacob realistic? Oh, man. Um, I think time is going to tell. Like, I don't, you know, I was reading a book the other day, and they made this point. It had nothing to do with sports. But the point was things that have never happened before happen all the time. And he made a point when I was talking to him about how history, like, you know, yes, it can serve as a guide, but you can make your own future. Now, look, history certainly suggests that when dynasties are at the end, that it's very hard for them to remain competitive after they age out of a dominant run. You know, we've seen it for many years in all kinds of sports, not just the NBA. Um, I don't know necessarily what the future is going to hold for the Warriors. They do have some promising young players now. They're in a prestigious market. They have a great arena. Um, And, you know, their money situation, like we'll know a lot more after this summer. Uh, what the cap looks like, but look, make no mistake. You know, the, the odds are up against them historically, but it's, I think a little bit too early to judge potentially whether or not they'll be able to thread the needle and at the very least remain competitive uh, in this next chapter. And Joe Lacob told you that they will never be bottom feeders and that they will always be competitive. So how did he envision this going when he talked to you about, bridging the gap with these young players who were going to take years to develop. Yeah, it was interesting because at that particular moment in time when they took them, a lot was kind of up in the air for the team itself. Like, you know, some of the players had either departed, like Kevin Durant, um, or had suffered major injuries. You know, uh, Steph had fractured his hand. Clay, you know, with his knee injury, and then he had another one after that. And then the pandemic arrived. And so there was just a lot up in the air. And they kind of took the swing for the fences approach in drafting some really raw but high-ceiling players and hoping that, you know, things would turn out. Then they win the 22 championship and everything. It's like, oh, okay, I guess it's not over, and you got to pivot back towards focusing on that. And, you know, what they hoped at the very least, what the organization hoped, was that they could blend in some of these young guys into the lineups, you know, get them some minutes, and at least know what they were. Because what they didn't want was to potentially bail on them. You see them blossom elsewhere, and then you – you know, you gave up on a prized asset without getting anything in return, and you gave up too early. But it was just too challenging to try to pull off, you know, with with going for a championship in the timeline. And he made it – Joe made a very honest point, I thought, that, yes, it was going to be challenging for the coaches. Yes, it was going to be challenging for the young players. But it was also going to be challenging for the veteran players to buy into that, to kind of seed control the team and their goals. Um, to try to develop not just some young players, but some really raw players who came into the NBA with, you know, very little experience um, at the at the level just below, whether it was G League or college, what have you. Baxter Holmes, great feature article on the current and future of the Warriors, joining us here 
on Willard and Dibbs. So Baxter, uh, I, you know, I don't want to make it sound like there was some huge fight, but but you do in the article describe the tension that was created when Joe Lacob's bridge the gap idea led to the drafting of those raw players and a coaching staff led by Steve Kerr that's like, that's not possible. How would you further describe that tension? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it was explained to me that at the time, people understood, like, uh, you know, it makes sense taking these kinds of players because we are in kind of an unknown right now, as I said. You got some major injuries, some departures, a team had missed the playoffs for two straight years. There's a pandemic going on. You don't know... It, how some of the players who were injured who were stars are going to come back. There's just like uncertainty everywhere. And it's like, well, why not? Like this makes sense in some ways because the future is uncertain and, and we're in this weird position. But again, that 22 championship kind of changed things. And that's where it became difficult. I think for people, you know, whether it was on the coaching staff or even some of the star players, you know, they were like, we can't really shift out of our position. Like we have Steph Curry. And if you have Steph Curry and he's at the peak of his powers, um, and he's healthy, and some of the other, you know, Clay came back, and he was great. A bunch of, you know, the stars kind of aligned in that 22 season, and that's where there was tension. It was like, we cannot downshift on this. Like, we have a championship window. It is still open, and we cannot move to anything else. Like, you know, there are teams that really do focus on developing young players, and they have no expectations, really. You know, they're allowed to lose games. These guys can turn the ball over a ton. Like, they're just in the quote-unquote rebuilding mode. The Warriors had players like that, um, and, you know, who, who would normally had played a ton of minutes, but it was just not the, – but the Warriors were not rebuilding. And that's where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the tension one is. It was like, how can we try to make things work? And ultimately, they couldn't. Do you get the sense from Joe in talking to him that these next 29 games will determine which route he takes in, in terms of the immediate future and also the longer-term future of this organization? I think the next – so I, I, it's an interesting point because, you know, they have some young players right now that are playing really well, like guys like Pods and Kaminga. You know, these guys are, are, are really shining, and the team has kind of found something. They've found a bit of a blend – you know, we, we're seeing Clay come off the bench, and I know he was great recently when he did that. I think that these next 29 games will be a little bit of a window into the future, but there's still questions about this summer, both Chris, Chris, <clears throat> excuse me, with Chris Paul and with Clay, and what that looks like. But yes, it is. I would say kind of a preview potentially. You know, and and something else that I would point out. So, like with respect to Steph. Oftentimes, these these dynasties are built around a star, and everybody kind of acknowledged to me, like, yes, this is built around Steph. But the point that Joe made to me um, it, that I thought was interesting is that the longevity of superstar players is changing. You know, like Tom Brady won a Super Bowl of 43. LeBron's playing great late into his career. Steph, you know, like what we think might be the end of a player's career or like when they kind of get there, it's starting to be redefined a little bit. And it's making dynasties in some ways, or at least, you know, long runs last longer than we might have thought possible. Um, and the Warriors are in that right now. Baxter, when you were talking to him about everywhere they've been and where they're going, do you get a sense of why Steve Kerr is not signed beyond this year? Uh not really. I mean, look, he did mention to me, this wasn't in the piece, but that he expects a deal to get done very soon. I've talked to a lot of people close to the matter. And, you know, here's, here's what I'll say on that. Steve's been in the NBA a long time. He understands how 
you know, that the grass isn't always greener. He loves working for the Warriors, loves the partnership with Steph and whatnot. You know, Joe made the remark to me, he said, you know, we're entering into kind of an interesting position, you know, potentially like, you know, we're building over, you know, at some point in time, you know, not really sure, not really sure what that looks like. And Steve has to decide how, you know, if he wants to be part of that and if he wants, if, 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 you know, if the direction that we go, like how much that factors into his decision. But my understanding is I expect a deal to get done soon. Joe said that to me. Um, I've heard that from other people kind of close to the matter. You know, I, I'd be very, I, I don't, and I've also heard this, that like Steve understands that Joe is the kind of guy like, you know, the he'll st- you, you'll get a new deal when your current deal is done. Like that's just, that's kind of how he operates. So it's not unusual to work on an expiring deal under Joe. Um, and I'm told that Steve's fine with that. What did you make of Joe Lacob overall in terms of, and the word we use is arrogance, and I don't want you to take it with a negative connotation. Mark and I have had a lot of conversations about arrogance not being something that bothers him or really bothers me, but did, did you get a sense in talking to Joe that he's self-confident, arrogant, or both? <laughs> self-confident for sure, incredibly passionate, hell-bent is another word I would use or another phrase uh, that I would use. And, you know, he acknowledged to me at one point that, you know, like he said things in the past that had they not won could have, you know, kind of been his undoing, you know, obviously the, the light years comment and some other stuff. And, but he is incredibly passionate about this team. He's been willing to spend the tax bill and everything, you know, certainly backs up that remark. I think, you know, at times, it, it's, you know, his, his passion and his, like, his competitive fire and everything like that, it certainly comes out in everything he says. You know, I, and I, I think that he's speaking kind of from his heart in some ways. Now, I'm sure when other people listen to it, it's like there might be a little bit of like, oh, you know, you can feel that, but maybe you shouldn't say that. You're the owner. This is your position and whatnot. But it is how he feels. He really doesn't have a filter uh, when it comes to this stuff. Um, it's just going to be a matter of trying to pull it off. And the one thing that he made – clear to me, we touched on this towards the end of the story, was, um, you know, he doesn't ever want the Warriors to, to bottom out. He does not have the appetite for that, for just being at the bottom of the standings and you're aiming for top picks. And But he believes as strongly as, and he calls this his ace in the hole, that if it comes to it, that the, and the Warriors need to go the route of, of, you know, going after star free agents, that the, the arena, the market, the culture, that, you know, and their willingness to spend and all of that, is what is going to help separate them. Um, and so free agency and getting star free agents was something that he very much believes in. Baxter, you buy that? Warriors are a big, mean, big destination, even without Steph? I think, well, look, first of all, I know that players really like playing in the Bay. That arena is gorgeous. Um, the, you know, the, the quality of life there, the training facility, like it has all the amenities and the culture and everything that people know around the NBA and, willingness to spend and whatnot. Like they do have, they have an obvious leg up on a number of other cities, you know, make no mistake um, on that front. Yes. There are going to be questions for any player coming in. Like, okay, what does the roster look like? Are we competitive? Am I, is it me and a bunch of other young players, but some stars like that. you know, they could also look at it as, Hey, I had this, this whole team. Like it's, it can be my team from the get go. So you know, a lot of things I, I, I do look back at it is like the timeline is Steph. That's that's what it is. 
And we, you know, we just, you know, he's going to be 36 next month, I believe. Like, we just don't know how long he can continue to play at the level that he's at. He's, he's been extraordinary, you know, for however many years now. It's really something. Um, and it's, that is going to be, that's going to be the defining factor of how long this goes and what the future looks like. Baxter Holmes, ESPN, huge warrior feature article right now, ESPN.com, check it out. Okay, it doesn't look to me from reading the article like you spoke directly to Steph, but but Baxter, I, I, I do wonder in, in, in sort of thinking, okay, yeah, Joe Lacob's going to make a lot of decisions based on the next 29 games. How does Steph feel about that, do you think? Because if they do start to feature the young people – how does that help the rest of Steph's career? Yeah, I mean, look, Steph is a part of the calculus for every decision the Warriors are going to make. And there are certain stars who really throw their weight around with respect to what team building looks like, whether it's the coaches, whether it's other players are playing with. Steph has not ever been that guy, and the Warriors know that. They're like, He's not the guy who comes into Joe's office and demands that they have these kinds of players are not like he has trusted the top of the organization, um, which I know has changed ever since Bob Myers left, but he's trusted the people there with respect to team building and competitiveness and whatnot. And, you know, he obviously doesn't want them to fall, tumble all the way back down the mountain and wants them to make, you know, aggressive moves to be um, competitive. But he, he's also clear eyed about, you know, kind of where they're at right now. And, and, uh, and it's seen promise with some of the young players. And look, the, I think, again, the next 29 games and seeing, the, seeing what those look like is, is going to be very interesting. You know, I, Joe made the point to me. He said, I wouldn't want to face this in the playoffs. I know that that sounds boastful, but uh, the Warriors boast a ton of playoff experience, and I don't know that I would either if they continue to play on, on the way they're playing right now. Um, speak. I'm glad you brought up Bob Myers' name, uh, Baxter. Did Did you speak to him about any of this? Um, I can't talk about you. Look, I, I the people that are named in the story that I talked to on the record are the ones that I spoke to, right? On the record, and I'll leave the rest to everyone's imagination. Okay, let me ask it this way then: <laughs> Do you Do you think this dynamic that you wrote about the uh, bridge the gap that was built by Joe Lacob? Do you think that has anything to do with why Bob Myers is now a coworker of yours? <laughs> I, I look, I certainly can't speak for Bob Myers. Um, one thing that I would say factored into Bob's decision making, and I think he's been open about this, is feeling a bit burnout, you know, or needing time just to kind of step away. And I've, you know, I've talked to people who have expressed that about his decision. Um, I've also, ta- I mean, I've talked to a ton of people just after a certain amount of time in the NBA that, you know, they come to that as well. But Bob was obviously in a unique position of having to, you know, the hide the championship expectations for, you know, what, close to a decade, which is really unique. You don't have guys in that position for that long with those high of expectations. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Bob gets back into it at some point, you know, I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but you get guys who are great at what they do and they just want to take some time off, whether they go work at ESPN or go play baseball. Yeah, that's an interesting line. Yeah. Uh, Baxter, thank you. Thank you for the time today. 
Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, okay, Baxter. Baxter Holmes, ESPN. Big, big article on the future of the Warriors, as he puts it in the article or the uh, the title of it, Dynasty at a Crossroads. Yeah. 29 games to go. And it either continues and they try to load up, or maybe it's the end of Clay Thompson and Chris Paul. Maybe you trade Andrew Wiggins. Who knows what happens if these next 29 games don't go great. Interesting response when you asked him about Bob Myers, and he, it, it sounded like he was going <laughs> to say that he actually talked to Bob, and then he stopped himself and said, well, the people who I named in the article are the people who I talked to well, in the article. I think it'd be crazy for him to have not at least checked in with Bob. Right. Bob may have said, not interested in being quoted in this article, and so maybe he's not, or... Maybe he is one of the N- unnamed right. NBA sources. Former staffer. Former staffer. Yeah. Good point. He's a former staffer. Former Warriors staffer. He's a former <laughs> staffer, not Matthew. That's right. Wait, which quote was that? Hold on. Let's uh, oh, okay. stop let everything. Let me pull this stop one. Stop the show. Which was the one? Hang on. I got it right here. And there's Lakeham quote. Beep, beep. Uh, Lakeham, uh, a lot of Lakeham in here. Now, this is a team source. One team source said it takes young players time to impact winning. The yep. Warriors had time, then they didn't. All right, that was a team source. Where's the one former, agent one, was quoted. Former Warriors staffer. Yeah. No, that's Lakeham. A source close to the Warriors organization. Oh, here it is. Oh, okay. Former staffer. Could this be Bob Myers? Okay. All right. Quote. I think ownership made a decision about four years ago that they were going to try to have it all, and it backfired. They probably should have focused on players that just fit with Steph versus trying for the home run swings. According to one former GM. (laughs) Could that be Robert Wires? Could be. Could it be? Could be Bob Myers. Yeah, it could be a thousand different people. It could. Yeah. And I think that quote is not wrong, and that speaks to... The hubris, and if you want to call it arrogance, maybe it is arrogance to think that you could be the one, Joey Lightyears, to thread this needle and make two timelines actually happen. Well, it's funny, though. The first time I read it, you went, no, that's totally inaccurate because they won a title. They did. And, and, and you're, you're right. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah. In other words, like, I get what you're saying, which is if you win a title, and this even goes to your point about arrogance— Joe Lacob's allowed to be arrogant. Kyle Shanahan's not. Why? Right. Rings. Okay, fine. If that's the rule, that's the rule. Uh, you I know, think about Kapler, too, in this conversation. Well, geez. Because he was so arrogant. He didn't, even, and he didn't even get to the World Series. No, when cap. they won 107 games, it was, oh, that quirky cap, you know. He's, he's pushing all the right buttons. Manager of the year. And then they go 79 and 83, and it's like, <laughs> get out of here with get your, your perfect Get your cheeseburger beard. off of Instagram, totally. Gabe. Right? Yeah. Right. We know that. That's sports. You win, you could be a wackadoodle. You don't win, I, I, I don't want to hear anything that comes out of your mouth. Right. I get it. I get it. All right. But so they win a championship. That's a catch-all. But at the same time, you had the number two overall pick in the draft. And you got bubkiss out of it. Right. You got you got a player who was already on your team to return with an injury. And rejoin the team. That's what you got out of it in the end. And think about that. Your number two overall pick played zero minutes in the entire year, and you won a championship. So, yeah, it it didn't really – 
backfire on you? Oh, you're saying, okay, God, my brain went to GP2. I'm like, no, he played a bunch that year. No, you're number two overall yes, pick. Wiseman so, did not play. Right. right. So, Correct. I mean, your approach kind of backfired when you think about the long game because the number two overall pick isn't playing for you and probably won't be playing at all in the association sooner rather than later. And your two timelines blew up. Jordan Poole's gone. Wiseman's gone. And, you know, Kaminga and Moody, Kaminga's a star in the making. Moody, we don't really know if he fits with this team. So your whole two-timeline thing, yeah, it did backfire, but at the same time, you won a championship. Well, and, and, and again, I'd never substitute that for anything. It always makes me laugh when people, and they did this. I get it when you do it with the, the Giants thing that you just referenced. Boy, the worst thing that could have happened to them was 107 wins. You know what it was? Validation sensation, mm. and all they all off they went in the world, being like, you know what? Ta-ting! I got an idea. Let's just have not one mediocre player at each position, <laughs> but two, two mediocre position players at every position, and none who are great. What an idea! I'll show them. Turns out it works. Genius. It doesn't work. Right. Okay. Um, but you do hear people go, you know, the worst thing that happened to the Warriors is winning that championship. Yeah. That's stupid. I, I don't get that. That's stupid. You won the championship. Right. You give up anything for that. So no, no, no give backs when it comes to, uh, to the championships. But I do wonder with that as the backdrop in our head, okay, 29 games to go. How do you want it to look? And remember what happens in these 29 games determines what happens next? So how do you want it to look? I know it's simple to just be like, well, we want to win. What does that even mean? You're the 10 seed right now. Right. All right. So how do you want this to look? What's what's the result you're going for, Warriors? You could say championship. I don't know how realistic that is. Yeah. I think you want a series. That's just what one. you want. Well, you, you want to you you get in the series. playoffs. Okay. You want a playoff series. And for me... You want to be in the seven or eight seed. That way you've got a little bit of a cushion in the play-in. The six is a long shot. You'd love to get the six. And, you know, you'd have to have a pretty good finish, maybe 20 and nine, to get up to the six. If you go 20 and nine over the last 29, you might get the six. Maybe. That might be good enough. But you want to get to where you have a playoff series because you don't want to face this team in the playoffs now, Joe Lacob. <laughs> His words and mine. And I don't think he's wrong. He's not wrong, but I'm also a little triggered by that when when teams, oh, I don't, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to be the team that keeps saying, you don't want to be the team. You don't want to, you don't want to face us. I don't want to be the team that you quote, don't want to face. Because that usually means that you're like lurking in the weeds. Right. I want you to swagger in with big biceps and be like, yeah, yeah. We're, we got game one at home. That's what I want, and that ship sailed for this year. That's gone. Yeah, You're not yeah. getting a top four seed. No. And no. even the record you just threw out there is probably not good enough to avoid the play-in tournament. Think about that. 20-9 and nine over these last 29 is probably not good enough for the sixth seed. Probably not. If 47-35 and 35 would be your record... Which is probably not. It's a winning percentage of 573. Right now, 573 gets you the eight seed. There you go. 
because the Kings are 574. So we'll just say that 573 is 574. So if you go 20 and 9 and you wind up with a 574 winning percentage, you're the eight. Yep. All right. So um, how would you all answer that question? How do you want the rest of this season to look? Therefore, setting up what as we go into the year following? Boxster Holmes was great. Twitch.tv slash 957 the game, youtube.com slash 957 the game. Like, subscribe. All of our content is there always. It's powered by First NorCal Credit Union. We're presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. By the way, Slates, Anthony Slater answered that very question on the morning roast today. What is a successful final 29 games? We'll let you hear that answer coming up next on Willard and Dips. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. Hey, Dub Nation, it's Steve Kerr. You're listening to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Hey, where'd Steve go this week, Lucas? Grandy, where is he? Didn't he tell us he was going San out Diego. to San Diego? Yeah. 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 Well, they don't have phones? Oh. Like, oh, what, snap. No, like, right? I know it's the all-star break, but, like, no. I would, like, I would have thought that as soon as he arrived in San Diego... He'd have texted you and been like, what day? Like, any day before Thursday works because they're all the same. Nobody's doing anything. What day do the guys need me? That didn't happen? It didn't. Although normally that is how our communication goes. He just texts me out of the blue. When do you want me on? It didn't happen this week, though, unfortunately. (laughs) Steve, did we lose you? (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I feel like some kind of way when we go a full week without talking to Steve. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, we'll get them tomorrow, though. I'm sure. I'm sure we won't. They got another game tomorrow. Well, rub some dirt on it, Kerr. Let's I'm, go. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah? I'm going. I'm going to the game, Dibs. With whom? Oh, everybody. Are you bringing the whole crew? The whole crew. Everybody's going. Everybody getting the family trucks. We're going to the game. All three kids? Oh, yeah. The lovely Christy? The lovely. Her couple? No, 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 no. Okay. No. How many okay. tickets do you think I got? I know how many you can get. I know how many you have gotten. Well, you know. You got juice like that. <laughs> I was really looking forward to the Can Steve Kerr Save the All-Star Game segment. Yeah. We're supposed to have earlier Come on, week. Steve. Can you fix it? Yes, we can. Well, now that we've read this article, I know what my first question is. Be honest, Steve. How much do you hate Joe Lacob? <laughs> exactly. Tell him we will take him any hour of any show for the rest of the week, and that's what we would like to ask. See, did we lose you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm here. <laughs> um, Anthony Slater's response on what a successful second half looks like um, in just a moment. But can we take two minutes to talk about our brethren here at 95.7? Of course game? we can. I got two things. First of all, um, F.P. Santangelo, who was uh, morning show host alongside Bonte Hill today, a uh, half hour ago, with a tweet with regard to the Dodgers spring training opening 14 to 1 victory over the Padres 
tweets, Dodgers win 14-1 to over the Padres in Cactus League opener and have decided to defer 12 of those runs to opening day. You don't have a laugh track to why, accompany now, that? Why, why do you, like, why is that funny to you? It's Why is it, like, that's funny. That's, like, it's nuanced and uh, no, it's, it's ne- not. It's never. I know you're not in baseball mode yet, but every opportunity you get to poke at Dodger fans on social media, you do it. That's the rule. That's not a poke, though. Of they, course, it's a poke. Why? Because they, they defer. Because they're they're they're, they're they're geniuses. No, they're, they're smarter they're than you. Weenies. Farhan didn't have the guts to make that trade. Yes, he did. It's not a trade. Or to make that deal. That he signing. said that it, they did. They offered him the same deal with the deferred money. Yes. And they didn't get they him because they're not the Dodgers, right? Yeah, I just Shohei said no, hey, yeah, yeah. FP, it's hilarious. It's you know, <laughs> it's not keep the thing. zingers coming, FP. Give it a laugh. Come on, you're a funny guy. <laughs> Come on, give me a laugh. There you go. Yeah, it's you look at that and you oh you smile. Just laugh. It's not funny enough a, to a laugh for is, me to exert the energy to laugh. It's therapeutic. A laugh, I laugh all the time. Yeah, laughter will help you. I'm not gonna waste a laugh on that. And you know what? It, it, like they, they deferred twelve runs to opening day. Laughs, laughter is free. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think I bang on the table and clap my hands all the time? It puts me in a good mood. Yeah. It may not be funny. Doesn't matter. You get to laugh. Joe Coy, when I saw him last year, whoop. Uh, <laughs> That's he, funny. They, <laughs> thank you. He opened his show that way. He's like just. Everybody, like you're here to let it rip. Laughter is beautiful. Laughter is free. And then he goes, not tonight. <laughs> See, that was fake. A fake no, laugh is worse. That was real. That's worse. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> no, oh, I get it because of the show. Hey, dude. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Lucas, I get it now. Lucas, make sure you're talking loud into that microphone. We want to hear you. Okay. Hello. We, we love you, Lucas. Thanks, Randy, do you, you have anything to add? Are you pro or Did you con? understand the joke, Randy? Did you get did you I'll, like it? I'll give it number three. Grandy is the second smiliest person on this show. I, I don't know if everybody knows that. That's true. Grandy is the second ranked smiler. Congrats, Grandy. Yeah. I'm first. That's a big win for me. Yeah, I'm first. Big silver. Dibs just because you've been around the block too many times. You're third. And Lucas, you're last. You're you're you know, like you it's choose, a hard earned yeah, smile. You choose you choose sarcasm over over belly laughs every time. All right. All right. I don't just give them away. Can I try again? That's right, Dibs. Do it. Maybe you'll think this exchange was funny. Okay. I'd like to take a moment, and since he's put it on social media, I feel totally comfortable saying this publicly on the air. And maybe it came up this morning. But ladies and gentlemen of the ninety five seven the game family, Bonte Hill is Engaged. Oh, that's awesome. That's not the funny part. Yeah, I, I was going to laugh. I actually had it planned. That's not funny. I was going to laugh. It's not funny. I was going to laugh because it's not the funny part, it's but wonderful. I didn't want to disrespect yeah, no. Monte because this is really. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. As a man who's been engaged a time or two, it's a wonderful moment. By the way, if you ever want me to laugh at anything, just play Peter King. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Just play Peter King having live pneumonia on our show every single week, and it will make me laugh only because he's better now. Uh... Thank you, Peter. Okay. So the funny part is, is I 
I, I did what a, a, a friend should do. And I, and I texted Bonte. I said, ah, dude, congratulations. I even put an emoji in there, a little champagne bottle. Yeah. Okay. And he said, thank you, bro. Any tips? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, now that's like funny. That writes itself. Now that's funny. I said, first tip, don't listen to me. I mean, come on, man. You're going to text me and ask me for tips? Tips. Yeah, yeah that is funny. Man, thank you. You still look like your laughter is fake. No, no, that that was funny only because I know you Thank and you. I know your situation. But it's all, I mean, <laughs> he was just reaching out like, hey, how you doing? And when, you know, I don't really think that he's looking for uh, tips from you. Um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I, not. I feel bad now that I didn't text him. I'm going to get it right this time, though. I got it right this time. Yeah. I got it right this time. I haven't gotten engaged yet, but I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. This time it counts. Yeah. Okay, Manfred. Or was that Bud Selig? That was Bud Selig. That was Bud Selig. Yeah. <laughs> you let me know when you get engaged. This time it, it counts. counts. Yeah. All right. Okay. Man, laugh is free, man. Yeah, I'm not just gonna give it away though for nothing. Because then it it cheapens everything that's really funny. If you just laugh at everything, then how do I know what you really think is funny? Remember Kurt Cobain? Right, Nirvana. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember the line from the song? No. I wish I was like you, easily amused. It is. It's a gift. It's a gift. I think everything's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking at you right now is funny. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you sound like Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to hear from Anthony Slater? Been dying to. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. How you want these next twenty nine games to look? What? is successful the rest of the way. Here's uh, Slates on uh, the roast. <laughs> now that's funny. Why is it not playing, Grandy? Grandy's got his hands up in the air like Iguodala. Not why so smiling now, are I'm you, Grandy? Playing it. It's not, we're not hearing it. What's going on, Grandy? I'll do it from my end. Here okay. we go. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of depends on who you ask, right? If you're just talking to, like, Steph or Draymond or... You know, Steve Kerr, certainly Clay Thompson at this point, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, one round and out and we'll feel fine, right? right. They're still like having this faint idea of a title run, you know, especially right. at the stage they are in their career in life. If you were asking, you know, me, maybe a neutral observer or even, you know, uh, you know people within uh, the front office, like, right, we, I think there's, you know, how does the youth look at the end of the season? Is Jonathan Kaminga still on right. the you know, rapid upward tra trajectory. Does he get playoff experience? Sure, maybe they go deep into the second round and get eliminated, but maybe coming off that series, you're like, geez, Kaminga's like a, a top two, what, top three Anthony. player. Okay, so uh, the engaged Bonte wanted to follow up right there. <laughs> I Like, his answer for me, it, it kind of, it encapsulates how complex this answer is. You know, he brings up the second round. You kind of insinuated it's just around, like just get into the playoffs, have a really good showing, if you will. This is new ground for us. The idea of like, hey, we won a couple of games. Have a good showing, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. And and Anthony's going into the depth of, well, no, it's kind of like, how are you? How are you set up for next year? And that's how I would answer the question. There is no defined way to answer the question, 
but I am still a firm believer in the remainder of Steph Curry's career, and I still believe that he is every bit of an NBA one as you could be. Therefore, to me, the window's not closed. I know people think the window's closed because they're thinking about what the window used to look like. The window evolves. The Steph Curry era, to me, is not over yet. It's about what is he surrounded with. I want, at the end of this year, there to be a clear picture of what that can and should be. Is there a path to make it so? So, in other words, is Kaminga this? And is Pajemski that? And you clear Chris Paul. And what do you do with Clay? Right. And is there a way to then sort of bolster that group? I still think Steph and Draymond are fine. Is there a way to bolster that group that puts them back in position? So it's not a definable answer, but I want that to have both a picture and a path. Right. When this whole thing is over. And I think that you will, no matter how it goes. If you go 10 and 19, or if you go 19 and 10, if you go 29 and 0, or anywhere in between any of those scenarios, you're going to know what you need to know. And it goes beyond just those players. I think it also goes to Andrew Wiggins. What are you going to do with Andrew Wiggins for the next three years? Are you sold that he can be two-way Wiggs and be an impactful member of a good team? Or do you start to play him into a spot where maybe he gets dealt in the offseason. I think the Podjemski and the Kaminga parts of it, those have already been solved. Those guys are here, they're rotational pieces, no matter who else is around them. Steph and Draymond, I think the same thing is in place. Now, Moody and GP2, I think those are interesting questions as far as can they help you? And Kavon Looney, who has only a partial guarantee for next year. I do think there are other questions on the roster outside of the two youngsters who I'm pretty certain are going to be back and be a part of the rotation. Oh, I have no doubt that they're going to be back. Uh, You said something interesting there I want to follow up on, and then we'll go to the phones at 888-957-9570. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal First Class Money Market today. You said Kaminga and Pajemski, that's already been answered. They're rotational pieces. Right. I would sort of respond to that by saying, aren't you looking for Kaminga to be more than that? Like that's, and I think that's a big question. A big part of the question is when you get to the end of the year, because you're right, Kaminga's not, they don't want him to go anywhere. Right. And he's popped, and and, and this is very interesting, and, and he's athletic and talented, and he's all the things you were hoping that he would develop into being. So is he a rotational piece, or does he get some focus? In other words, are we starting to plan around him? Is this a starter who we're thinking – Let's get our 22 points a night from you. And Steph's going to give us our 28 points a night. So there's 50. And then let's go Let's go from there. Like, is Kaminga the two? And a centerpiece. Not a rotational piece. A centerpiece. Yeah, I think you, you want him to be your three or your four if you're a really good team. If you're a team that fancies itself as being championship caliber, I don't think that Kaminga is ready to be your second best player. And if he's your second-best player, you're probably not a championship team. Second-best scorer? 
Yeah, I, I don't think that... That's, even, not, that's not necessarily second-best player. Right. I Second-best scorer. I still think you need another guy to score that much. And I don't know if you can look at Kaminga and say, yeah, 22 a night next year. That's a gigantic leap to me. I think he's made kind of close steady to, progress. That's what he's been doing for the last month and a half. Right, no? last month and a half. He's yeah. been up there, but that's... You know, you're asking him to do that over the, the course of a whole season. And I guess it's a little skewed because... This team scores a ton of points, and defensively, Kaminga is still learning in many ways, but I'm more interested in the other players on the roster and how they're going to fit in. Because I think Kaminga, he's going to be a starter. And yes, when I say rotational piece, I mean he's one of the core guys on your team. And so is Pajemski, and so is Steph, and so is Draymond. Outside of that, you've got questions about just about everybody, Different questions based on the player. He averaged 20 and a half in January. Okay. 19 in February. Good. So, so far, yeah. Put, those, put the, the calendar 2024 year together, you're looking at someone who's averaged about 20 a night. Yeah. So I don't think it's crazy. No. It's not crazy to ask him to be a 20-plus point-per-game guy next year, right? Especially if, like, you come in and, and you know, like, yeah, you're getting your 30 minutes. Yeah. You're getting your 30 minutes. You're going to be a big part of our plan. I, I think that, again, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, in an ideal world, sure, he is your third. I, th- I do think that's ideal. Um, but I also, I, I think you want to come out of this year with the knowledge that that's someone we can look to every night for a, a, a consistent sort of like we feel it type of a performance, night in and night out. That's what you want Jonathan Kaminga to be at the end of this year. And I think you've seen, like you cited over the last couple of months, he's become that. So for me, there's no no real mystery as to whether or not he can be that player going into next year. I'm more interested in Clay Thompson and can he come back and fit in this new role that it seems like he is being asked to, to play, which is not necessarily a starter, not necessarily your your second leading scorer anymore. Can Clay come back and do that? Will he want to play for that amount of money? What do you do with GP2? What do you do with Looney, whose deal is only partly guaranteed for next year? Is Wiggins a guy who you still want to have a part of your rotation? For me, there are many other questions. The Kaminga question to me has mostly been answered. The way he's played the last couple of months, he's a dude. Yeah. I, I, I think even the way you're talking this out sort of crystallizes what I would like to see crystallized. Over the next 29, yeah. Well, we got to figure out what your plan is. Like, you've got too many people who you're like, well, we could look to him, and we could look to him, and we could look to him. All right, well, fine. So let's de- let's declare. Who are you looking to? And, and, and maybe even though we've moved out of this whole Wiggins and Kaminga can't play together thing, we've moved out of it momentarily, but I don't know that we've moved out of that long term. I really don't. You know, if you are going to re-sign Clay, and Clay's going to want to do his thing, and you're going to want Pajemski to grow, and Steph is Steph. So, all right, now are you going to be like Wiggins? You can be your 18 point per night guy, and Kaminga, you could be your 20. I don't. There's not room. There isn't yeah. room. You kind of need to declare. And right now, though, this is who the Warriors have been all year. It's different every night. Now you're starting. Now you're finishing. Now you're scoring 20. Now you're scoring 20. Now you're off the bench scoring 35. It's kind of haphazard and all over the place, which Steve would come on here and say is a great problem to have, but sometimes that doesn't change that it is still a problem. Like, I don't think that that's what you want next year to look like. 
Well, we got a different closing five every night. Right. They were never good when they had that. And different starting fives. Yeah. And for me, the most interesting piece of that is the Wiggins question, because we, when he was at his absolute best with the Warriors, you won a championship. And since then, he's been more bad than good, yet I don't know what the market would be to, to trade him in the offseason. He's got three more years in his deal. Playing better. He is playing better. And maybe Draymond's the guy who unlocks him and Kaminga playing together, but you make a good point about minutes and shots and availability. You start to run out of all that. The Warriors have Steph, and then after that, they kind of start falling into, um, in a form, follow me here, there's a little bit of what everybody's angry about with the Giants. I was, knew you were going to go there. It is. No, you're not wrong. It's like, well, who who, who are we counting on today? Oh, who's he's pitching? not even in the lineup. <laughs> exactly. Right, who's pitching? Wait, I went to the bathroom. Did you take him out? Wait, you pinch hit for him in the third? Like, it, it, there's a little bit of that, and I don't think that that works in sports. You You want to count on something. Right. The Warriors have it way better because they have they have a one, um, and and but they got a bunch of guys capable of being twos and threes, but it's different every night. And I think coaches sometimes talk about that like it's a good thing, and it's not always a good thing. Well, it's a good thing when you've got three or four or five guys all playing well at the same time, and they're all fighting to see who the two is. But unfortunately for this team, too often this year it's been well, God, Clay is Clay is clanking. Wiggins is non-existent. Draymond punched an, another person, so he can't play. And now you're left with, well, is it going to be a, a gee game? Huh. Are we going with Quinones? Well, what are we doing here for uh, players 8, uh, 9, and 10? And then when they all start playing well, though, then... then it's a different problem, yeah. Then they all want to be the two. And now you got four guys who are like, I'm the two. I'm going to call shams if you don't put me in the game. It's not easy. Um, Jonathan in the city. Hey, Jonathan, you're on with Willard and Dibbs. What's up? How's it going, guys? I just want to say, man, for me, their season rests on two players. Clay Thompson, is he going to embrace his new role and be the best six-man he could ever be? Is Andrew Wiggins going to be aggressive for the most part, or often than not? If they could do that, if they can limit their turnovers to about half of what their average used to be because they don't have that uh, margin for error anymore, and if they could group rebound, we already know they got a strong bench. And a lot of their young guys, especially for Jensky, they're ready to play now. So if they could do that, I'd give them a, you know, a better than puncher's chance uh, heading to the playoffs. Because we all saw what happened in 2022, and it's just a year and a half away. But it's a lot of things that needs to fall in their favor. But, hey, we're Warriors fans, and we're going to be, you know, watching no matter what. Go Warriors. Yeah, Jonathan, I think that's well said. Like, I, I, this is going to sound all campy and stupid, but I, I just want to go to the playoffs and have a good time. I'm really and, and yes, there will be intensity. I will make popcorn. We'll do all of that, but I'm not harboring this idea of a championship being the measuring stick. I want it to last as long as it can last. I want them to go as far as they can go, but I do have in the back of my mind, and when it's over, what are you left with? What, 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 what information are you left with? And is there a path to a plan? Like some of these guys, it's funny. They start playing well, and you're like, well, that's actually not a good thing. Like think about it now. What if Clay Thompson does unload a bunch of 30-point games from here on out? 
Well, then don't, he's going to play for someone else next year. Yeah, don't act like you're all like, well, then yay. No, don't do that. You've been calling him Clank Thompson for six months. I see it every time you put it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So don't tell me that you want him to play well. Because if he does, then the Warriors are going to have to give him $30 million a year. And he won't stay because they can't afford to give him $30 million a year. But if he plays poorly and he continues to shoot erratically, <laughs> then you don't want him either. And I mean, the but Warriors maybe you fan, can get him for 15 million. Exactly. So that's why it's interesting for me over the last 29 about clay as the sixth man. If he continues to come off the bench and I know that the plan is for him to do that again tonight for now. Yeah. Maybe that's the plan going forward. And if he starts to thrive in that role, then what do you do about clay for next year? There are so many guys. And this to me is what, the next 29 games are about. Sure. And we've said it all year. There's the game and who wins. That's fun. But the game within the game, every individual, what they do, how that sets them up, what does that mean for next year? Kaminga, Clay, Wiggins, Pajemski. I mean, even Draymond to a certain degree. Moat, Moody, GP2. There's pretty much only two people. I already know what the hell's going on. Steph Curry and Chris Paul. One of them's the one, and the other one's gone. Yeah. That's it. Um, if you haven't already, we invite you to subscribe to Willard and Dibs and the free Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. We also invite you to uh, subscribe and check out all the other 95.7 The Game content, especially our special guest. Anthony Slater was on the morning roast. Really good for you Warrior fans. So go check it out. We'll keep going with your phone calls. And, uh, and keep talking this on out as the Warriors play the Lakers in three hours right here on Willard and Dibs. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Uh, I'm about to be a bleep starter. I'm going to be a bleep starter. You won't. Yeah, well, I'm just going to ask a question. A little, little poke poke here. Um, we brought it up earlier, but um, let's talk it out for a second, and then uh, we'll go to the phones. Kevin, hang right where you are. You can be first up. So, quote in the Baxter Holmes article, and if you missed Baxter Holmes with us of ESPN, huge feature article about the Warriors' dynasty and future. It's on ESPN.com. More importantly, we talked directly to Bask- uh, Baxter and asked all the questions. We held his feet to the fire. And um, you can check that out on the Odyssey app or YouTube. Um, Wherever you find your podcast, it is all there. In the article, Joe Lacob says, we will never bottom out. And we have a, quote, ace in the hole. And it is this, quote, we are the Golden State Warriors. I believe in the culture. I believe that word gets out. I could go on and on. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that's who we are. So, I get that the different culture exists both with the organizations and within the sport. But to me, it is endlessly fascinating that here in 2024, we have got two professional franchises here in this city that literally play like a, a, a par five from each other. And one of them is like, dude, our ace in the hole is that we can go get anyone we want because we're amazing. And the other one is like, we'd sign free agents, but San Francisco, am I right? We can't get anybody. What do we do? Because we play here in San Francisco. 
What do we, what are we supposed to do with that as fans? And Baxter said to us about an hour and a half ago, players love coming here and they love playing in San Francisco. <laughs> and that, that caught me a little bit it's crazy, off guard. Right, like, right. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you? And yet baseball players somehow don't love playing here. Buster Posey was told by unnamed other players that they don't want to play here because of San Francisco. And it's been confirmed by players in the league. Right. Austin Slater, Logan Webb, these people have been like, it's, they're not lying. There is that. And I get that it's baseball versus basketball, but don't forget that Charles Barkley was on national TV 48 hours ago uh, saying that, that that this city is overrun by, uh, was it homeless criminals? Right. Is that what he called it? Yep. Homeless criminals. Like, the whole idea, quite frankly, is a little odd to me. Uh, from this perspective, let's even say, okay, you're a baseball player. Um, I don't want to get political, but, y- y- okay, you grew up in Florida, whatever. You're a white guy, and you think San Francisco is just a big old cesspool. All right, fine. That's what you think. That is going to shade your ability and desire to play to play baseball here. Like, I... I've never understood this because there's nothing about these players that suggests, like, I don't know, man, have you ever encountered a professional athlete just be bopping down market? Have you ever seen that in your 55 years man. living in this market? Uh, Other than when they're on the top of a double-decker bus. Yeah, not maybe not market. Like, dude. Seen him, I saw Manu Ginobili uh, south of market a few years back. You did? Which, uh... You see him, it's like, damn. Was he lost? No, no, he's getting a little breakfast. Okay. He was, you know, they were staying at that hotel that's down there, yeah. just south of Market, and he was getting a little brekkie. That's great. He's like, hey, what's up, Manu? What's up, Manu? I was like, damn, Manu, you're a lot Manu. taller than I yeah. thought. Because, you know, you, like yeah. the shorter players in the NBA. Totally, they look tiny. They, they look shorter, and then you see him, it's like, dude, you're like, you're, six you're legit 6'5". Six you're 6'5". Five. Five. If I had other right. people who were 6'5 in my right. life, I'm like, my God, you're tall. Yeah, I do think that's uh, interesting, though, about the San Francisco part of this. And, you know, whether or not Joe Lacob is right, and he talks about the culture. And that's where I have to, to stop. And Baxter said this as well. The culture is Steph Curry mm-hmm. currently. Well, when Steph is gone, is the Golden State Warriors still going to be a top attraction? Is the culture still going to be the culture. If Steve Kerr is gone and Steph is gone and Draymond's gone and Clay is gone, is the culture still the culture? I don't know. Right. I, I, I don't know. That's my concern. When I said earlier today that Joe Lacob's ego concerns me, I don't mean that in a personal way. And again, arrogance doesn't bother me. And yes, he's amazeballs. That's not like, that's not my point. My point is, is that, I don't maybe share his absolutely omnipresent confidence that this is just never going to dip because he's here. Like, I don't, I don't share that. I hope he's right, and he might be right. I don't have this great reason to doubt him, but I don't have a great reason to believe him either because if you really want to boil it down, Joe's been amazing at his job. But if you ask yourself if the last 12 years of Warrior basketball, if you like, if I said, okay, what's the number one reason right. why they were good the last 12 years? None of you were like, because Joe Lacob's ownership. No. 
No, that would be further down the list. Further, but it's on there. It's on there. It's on there. It's on there. I do think somewhere that, below Steph Curry. Well, yeah, somewhere below, below that. Clay and KD yeah. and Draymond, all and of them, Steve Kerr yeah. and you know Mike Brown and Ron Adams and all the rest of the of the real solid contributors. But I will give him this much credit: he has built an organization, and maybe that's what he's talking about culture-wise. The organization is an organization of all, winning. All class. All class. They're all class. Beautiful we know building. That. Yes, they are Forget all class. Forget the on-court championships for just a minute and just think about the Warriors brand. And the brand is built in large part by the winning and Steph and all the other people we just named. But the brand itself has been, what, the the valuation is about 10 times what he paid for it or more. They, they are a top 10 brand in Sports. In fact, I think I read yesterday they are number two behind the Dallas Cowboys in valuation. Valuation, yeah, in all 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 sports. Of American sports, all of right. them. And that's crazy, and that's you know <laughs> that's absurd. In part because he built a great organization They're worth more than the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Ow. Yeah. Jesus, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, nobody takes any credit away, uh, but. I don't know. I don't know. You so know? what's the culture after, I mean, the after culture Steph's after done. Steph and Steve and after this group, and by this group, I mean, you know, the veteran, the core. Yeah. Steph's got two more years after this one. Maybe he decides, I'm good. I'm done. And Steve signs a two-year deal and Draymond's done and Clay goes elsewhere. Yeah. What's the culture then? I don't know. Because if you think about it, it's like, um, you know, where do players want to go? Well, they want to go to big markets. All right. Is it a big market? Sure. Of course it is. But why do players want to go to big markets? They want exposure. They want other opportunities to come out of that. Does that happen here? Sure. But it's more like techie and, 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 you know, like Iguodala, like business stuff. It's not Hollywood. It's not New York. And, and are the Warriors on TNT every other night? If, if those players aren't playing here anymore, and 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 you're ticketed for being a 39 and 43 team, like are Kenny and Chuck and Shaq talking about you all the time? Mm, probably not. I don't know. I don't think so. But I don't they think have that's 29 national TV games this year. I think like, right. Like that's not the brand. <laughs> that's the player. That's the you know. So right. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder. But yeah, Baxter Holmes, ESPN, joined us earlier. He wrote the article. Here's what he said about that portion of the conversation he had with Joe Lacob. You know, he doesn't ever want the Warriors to bottom out. He does not have the appetite for that, for just being at the bottom of the standings and you're aiming top picks. And But he believes as strongly as, and he calls this his ace in the hole, that if it comes to it, that the, and the Warriors need to go the route of, of, you know, going after star free agents, that the, the arena, the market, the culture, that, you know, and their willingness to spend and all of that is what is going to help separate them. Um, and so free agency and getting star free agents was something that he very much believes in. I mean, that's great to hear. I do, too. Right, right. <laughs> I'm a big believer in good players. Get them. Yes. That's my philosophy, too. Um, that's been the Giants' problem. So I just found that whole thing very, very interesting um, because, uh, sure, if you're a visiting player and you're at a team hotel and it's in downtown and you're like, I'm not digging this area, okay, uh, okay, fine. The funny thing is – is you will have potentially less of that if you actually played here. Because the Giants all live in Lafayette. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've cruised around the streets of Lafayette recently. Oh, all the time. Kind of clean and okay. Not a whole lot going on there that, that that looks bad. That's where they all live. So why am I? Why do I like? Right. We'd like you to be the right fielder for the San Francisco Giants. Wow. <laughs> but Market Street. Really? You can play right field for the Giants and never go there if you want. Right. And if you do end up there, it means you won the World Series. That's probably the last time that uh, Steph or any of those guys was on Market Street. No doubt. You know? No doubt. Steph coming up from Atherton, going right to the arena. Clay boats in from Tiburon for crying out loud. You know? Exactly. It's the best thing. Ex- <laughs> boats in from Tiburon. I mean, he, right. he docks his boat somewhere right. and probably hop, skip it a jump over to the arena, <laughs> hoist some jumpers, and get back on my boat and go home. It's Sauntering just, over to the arena, being like, I'm stopped, but I should still be starting. Yeah. I should still, I should be finishing. Yeah. You do have a little bit of the clay the, bounce. Got so that, that was like, good. Yeah. Like clay, clay walks with his shoulders, right? That oh, bounce was oh, good. Yeah. You can only see it on YouTube and Twitch. But anyway, what's up? Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and so that was here. funny. I laughed because <laughs> that was funny. Thank you. Oh, they got to defer 12 <laughs> runs. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you not thinking what's funny is funny is funny. Yeah. How about that? I like that. There you go. I'm a little confused. Let's go to Kevin so I can <laughs> write that down and do the math on it. What is going on here? Uh, hi, Kevin. What are you doing? Man, you guys are on a roll. Okay, Willard. Well, don't you mess it up are then. Hitting on. Hey, I won't. Okay. Listen. Yes. Willard, you're on a roll today. You are hitting on all cylinders regarding a different lineup every night. What is Steve doing? Listen, Kaminga, the last two games, he's not playing him like he used to. He's, Steve has changed it. He's bringing in GP, he's taking the, the flow that he had before. When Draymond said, I think the best thing, I'm sure you guys heard it, when Draymond said the best thing, I hate to say it like this, but Kaminga developed when I was gone. Well, that little strategy is fading the last two games. And I hate to say it, guys, if he plays, if Steve plays the lineup the same way that he's done, experimenting, I mean, Willard, you hit it on point, bro. Like, you are on point today. I don't know what happened, but you're on point today. Yeah, I, I had a different breakfast. <laughs> I had pancakes for breakfast, Kevin. I usually go protein and veggies, but I had pancakes. Well, hey, but listen, I'm not calling as a fan, bro. Like, my mom played pro ball. My, my son's coach athletes, uh, trained professional athletes. I just got back from the NFL. Um, Super Bowl, talking about mental wellness and athletes. I'm just calling to say, bro, you're on point. I hate that it's happened. We finally got a little chemistry, and Steve is tinkering again. You know he's the best tinkerer. He's the smartest guy in the room, well, and he's tinkering again. So. Kevin, Kevin, here, here's how I would respond to this, and thank you so much, my man. I like, yeah, Yes, there's some tinkering. I would argue that's inevitable. So this is kind of, that's at the core of, of how I often, not always, but often feel about Steve Kerr, lineup changes, and criticism. This particular group is impossible to predict. And you're asking Steve Kerr to know what's going to happen next. Now, he's referencing Kaminga's last few games. I told you, he's averaging 19 a game here in February, but his last three games, 14, 13, 13. But 
That game against the Clippers where he only scored 13, he scored played 35 minutes. He got his minutes, and he didn't do a whole lot with them. Um, this particular group, think about what you're asking Steve to do. Steve, I'd like you to know right. what Andrew Wiggins is going to do. I'd like you to predict Draymond Green's behavior. I'd like you to know Clay's mental wellness that night. I'd like you to be aware before it happens, Kaminga's engagement. I mean, good luck. Wiggins is the one you can pretty much write in in Sharpie what he's going to give you. Not really. He's been good again. You can't take shots right. at him now. He's been all right. But this is the best he's been in a year. Well, I mean, it is. that's sad. It, it, call it sad, but but also true. 10 points against the Clippers in, in the loss. 30 minutes, 4 of 10, 10 points, K-Wig. Mm, okay, that's one game. Yeah, I, I know. You know, we could we could cherry pick all kinds yeah, of games. The, the game long, he's averaging. I, I get it. He's averaging twelve points. Twelve six game, yeah. In, in in February, um, but that started off with you know there was a two point game against the Hawks where we only got nineteen minutes. Yeah. After that, 21, 11, 12, 17, 10, 19. You know, it's still not super uber consistent, but it's right. been a lot better. It's been a lot better. The biggest issue has been the availability and. To your point about, you know, Steve Kerr, how's he supposed to know when guys are going to play well and when they're not? Normally, you would have your mainstays, Steph, Clay, Dre, Kavon. You would know that these guys all are going to play and give you exactly what you expect. But out of that group, it's really only been Steph and Draymond since he's come back that you can bank on. 15 a night in his last six. Ooh. Yeah. 15 a night. 15 a night. Man. Wigs. That's Kaminga's season. Right, 15. It is. Yeah. Now, that's obviously taking the first two months into consideration when he did not get as many minutes. So I get that. Last month and a half, Kaminga's been a 20-point-a-night guy. Um, but Wiggins has been better, right? Field goal percentage has been much better. He's been the, all right. The activity. Better than what he was in the beginning of the yes. year, which was awful. Yes, absolutely. So he's been better than awful. I'll give you that. Um, Correct. Correct. Hip, hip, hooray. North, for the former number one overall. North of market and north of awful. Right. Okay. Got breaking news. GP2 is out tonight. Okay. He's sick. So no GP2 for the Warriors against the Lakers. So the Lakers have no LeBron, but it's all even, Steven, because the Warriors don't have GP2. Yep. It all, it all balances Both missing right a out. guy. Just a guy. Man. Both missing a guy. Any word on when Chris Paul's coming back? Are we a week away or you know I, I don't, where I don't, are we in the ramp up? I don't have a I don't have a night okay. when he's ready. I do have a concern. Not I don't have an answer. I have a and concern. And the concern is not with him playing, it's who doesn't get to play. All right. We're gonna go to the mayor of hoops in Cleveland, but but ponder this for a second and the, the actual mayor? I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. But ponder this. Give me one good reason why Chris Paul would play significant minutes the remainder of the year. Because he's really good at basketball. Okay. He's a he's the point god, and he stabilizes your second unit on offense. He does? Yeah. Are you sure? Well, I, I mean, that's when, what I think. When have the Warriors played their best this year, with or without him? Well, they haven't had him for a long time. Fair, but... Both with and without him. Really? Yeah, I would he played, he's played 32 games this year. Okay. How many has he not played then? 
He's not played 25. Okay. No, no, they've played 53, so he's not played 21. Okay. I, I mean, I would argue their best basketball has been the last three weeks without him. I would argue that Brandon Pajemski is a different player than he was when Chris got hurt. I would argue that he is more effective at more things than Chris Paul. I would argue that the remaining 29 games are both about the remainder of this year and about setting things up for next year. And if we care about the youth of this team, and I would also argue Chris Paul has zero chance of being a part of this team next year, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Again, I'm not saying just give him DNPs, but give me one good reason why Chris would play significant closing minutes for this team the rest of the way. Because you want to win games, and you feel like he's a guy who can help you win games, Mm. tight games, down the stretch. What's been their biggest problem this year as a team? I know you're going to say turnovers. but No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, well, closing. Yes, closing. Thank you. Closing. Blowing big leads and closing out games. Which they were doing when he was playing also. They're 16-16 and when he plays. So they're basically the same team with him, the same team without him. And you could do that with almost every player. That's true. Record with, record without. I just think about having a stabilizing force, one of the best point guards of all time, on the court when you have these leads. Yeah. I can't help but think that his... His veteran presence would help them in some of these spots. I just feel like he was on the court at the end for a lot of those games, and it didn't it didn't do a damn thing. And I also this is circumstantial. Like if we look at the whole year, I get what you're saying, but this is circumstantial. You've reached a time where Pajemski is a better player, and you've got 29 games to go, and you're both trying to win, but you're also we all admit trying to set things up for the future that Chris Paul's not a part of. So. What's 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 the like? If Pajemski starts turning the ball all over all over the place, sure, sure. But he's a better option. He's a better player. He's a younger player. He's more important to the future, and he doesn't turn it over either. Well, he'll be definitely a part of the future. Rebounder. And he's a better rebounder. Which that is will by- be one to watch, though. With uh, when he gets healthy, what does Steve Kerr do down the stretch? Yeah. Because the fans, and I'm hearing you say you want pods in there. In crunch time, but what does Steve Kerr do when it comes to nut crunching time and these really big spots? He leans on the veterans. He does. He does. Although less so, some sometimes out of necessity. Uh, out yeah. of necessity, yep. but uh, but less so in uh, in the last couple of months. All right, the mayor of Hoops is in Cleveland. Um, hey, mayor, how much did you win that election by? Good evening. Um, the reason I'm calling. First, before I get to what I want to talk about, is that I am known in this northeastern Ohio as the mayor of Oops. And that was given to me by a local, uh, if you know who Michael Ragai is, he does MAC t- uh, football, and he's also done Baltimore. He was the voice of the Baltimore Orioles for yeah, a year. Yeah, big fan. Okay. So I have some credibility here. First of all, no doubt. second of all, what I want to say is people wait in this neck of the woods to what I have to say. Okay. I've, been watching the NBA. I've been watching the NBA for over 50 years. Are you just going to give us your resume, or are you going to have a point at some point? No, I have a point. Right. I heard the comments made by your owner today. Well, he hasn't made any today, but go ahead. What did he do? Uh, he said that he'll never bottom out. Yeah, that's in an article that, that did come out today, correct? Yeah, and I don't think he's uh, – I don't think he really understands as long as he is on an NBA team – that not everybody stays at the top. You guys are in the 9 or 10 spot. It's happening right now. 
And when your big three or whatever leave or retire, okay, people today, even our, our art superstar here in Cleveland has said, they want to play where they can win. And you're not going to have guys that you can win with. And another thing is, you guys have missed something in the NBA. And the small ball era of the NBA is done. Oh, man. The big man is back. And you don't have anybody. Jeez, man. You have nobody. Because Steve Kerr doesn't know how to, how to coach big players because everyone you had left or they got let go. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you guys something right now. Who, did the, who, were the, who were the big people, who were the good big people who left or were let go from the Warriors? You had a number of guys. The guy that you drafted Wiseman, you couldn't develop him either. Right, yeah. because he's good. And he's that, tearing it up in, yeah. the, in the Motor City. He, he's right, crushing man? it on the Pistons bench. He's playing, he's playing on the worst team in the NBA. Right. right. And he's, right. he can't get minutes on the worst team Hold in the on. association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. change your, your... No, he's not playing, actually, for the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> Mayor. <laughs> we have great big men here in Cleveland. We beat you guys two, two games this year. Ooh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> How's that one title working out for you, Mayor? We, hey, we, hey, we have one. Hey. You guys, I said you guys have had a great run. But the NBA is changing. Yeah. And the big man is back. Well, there's a listen. Okay, Mayor, thank you. You're you're amazing. This that is what we just... needed a pro Evan Mobley call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Backstreet right Boys are also back. Well, listen, Mayor. you got Carl Anthony Towns as the one seed. You got Jokic as the three seed and the defending champ. Yeah. The Sixers are done. Why? Because Embiid is out. Chet Holmgren's on the two seed. There you go. He's a big guy. He's right. I mean, Boston. Zubats is on yeah, the Clippers. Boston, Boston doesn't have big man. Zubats. Wemby, yeah. the future. Wemby. Wemby, they're the 15 lots seed. of losses on that team. Yeah. No, listen, he's got, there, there's a point somewhere in there. It was delivered in a hysterical sort of he's way. He's got a phone, and he made a call well, and made a point. I was, You know, I really wanted I played him. this game. I've coached this game. I was damn thinking right. about that you very guy. Right. That's so good. And so Grady. is everybody he's it's ever met, so too. Good. Yeah, no, there's no good warrior big man that, that you know, that's not, not Steve Kerr's fault. I mean, James Wiseman can't play. Why can't we just say that? He can't play. So, um, as far as the game changing and whether or not the Warriors will have good players in two or three years, and is this already happening, bottoming out? Yeah, we can respond to that coming up next, and we'll keep going with your calls. We're presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises, Willard and Dibs. Here. People wait in this neck of the woods to what I have to say. I've been watching the NBA for over 50 years. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Well, people in that neck of the woods are waiting to listen to you. People in this neck of the woods, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. A little different. All right, glad you're with us tonight. Uh, Willard and Dibs. Willie and Dibby. And uh, we're taking your phone calls. Hey, uh, we've mentioned that Anthony Slater visit with the Morning Roast a couple times. But there's a couple of little uh, zingers in there that we haven't played yet. Okay. And you all should hear it because people in this neck of the woods, they sit around and wait for what Anthony Slater says. He's got some credibility in this town, Dibs. Yeah, maybe not in Northeast Ohio, but definitely here. Deal for Steve Kerr? Baxter Holmes did say that it came up with Joe Lake. I've been Joe kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. Deal's coming up. Um, 
Anthony Slater, does he expect the deal to be done for Steve Kerr? You know, Steve Kerr, the money's not taxed. Uh, you know, as long as both sides want to be around, everything Steve Kerr said is he wants to coach long term. Every time I've talked to him on or off the record, he's very motivated to continue coaching the Warriors. And, you know, Joe Lacob has only said and, and shown that he that he does want Steve Kerr here long term. So I think they'll come to an agreement. It's just about a, a dollar amount eventually. Okay. And, and Steve has indicated that as well. I do find that to be, I don't want to use the word unsatisfying. It's a curious answer slash reason to me. Um, I get it. Billionaires don't want to spend money just because they have it. But as Anthony said, this is not taxed. It doesn't go to the cap. This right. is just money. And it's Steve Kerr and it's four rings. And I just, I don't know. I have the hardest time buying that this, like we're trying to squeeze each other for dollars here. Like if Steve wants to be, and I know this will bother some of you, if he wants to be the top paid coach in the game, he should be. He should be. Why not? Yeah, maybe Joe doesn't want to pay the top of the market money oh, to Steve Kerr. But Steve's earned that. You sure. can't you can't cruise around if you're Joe Lacob and be like, well, I mean, we're the Golden State Warriors, and we have built this credibility, and we have built this brand, and we are amazing, and we think people want to be here. And, oh, by the way, the head coach who won four rings and helped build this whole thing, eh. I think he should be maybe seventh. Right, right. Like, what are we doing here? There's a, 12 million, 14 million, whatever. Right. Deadline spur action, as sure. you know, and you're in the middle of a season, so I don't even know how much negotiating is going on. Steve's focusing on the task at hand, which is trying to get into the playoffs and trying to win a championship. And Steve mentioned to us before that his people are talking to their people, so it's nothing that he's even directly involved with as far as you know he and Joe Lacob sitting down and hammering out a deal it does seem though based on what Baxter Holmes said and then Anthony Slater there that Steve is going to be the coach again next year here is what Baxter Holmes said about the whole thing he did mention to me this was in the piece but that he expects a deal to get done very soon Steve's been in the NBA a long time he understands how, you know, that the grass isn't always greener. He loves working for the Warriors, loves the partnership with Steph and whatnot. You know, Joe made the remark to me, he said, you know, we're entering into kind of an interesting position, you know, potentially like, you know, rebuilding over, you know, at some point in time, you know, not really sure, not really sure what that looks like. And Steve has to decide how, you know, if he wants to be part of that and if he wants, if, 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 you know, if the direction that we go, like how much that factors into his decision. But my understanding is I expect a deal to get done soon. Joe said that to me. I've heard that from other people kind of close to the matter. You know, I, I'd be very, I, I don't, and I've also heard this, that like Steve understands that Joe is the kind of guy, like, you know, that he'll, you, you'll get a new deal when your current deal is done. Like that's just, that's kind of how he operates. So it's not unusual to work on an expiring deal under Joe. Um, and I'm told that Steve's fine with that. Um, so we're getting the same message from every single direction, right? Well, that, that (laughs) one, a deal, expecting a deal to be done soon. That that's interesting because you're down to about eight weeks in the regular season. So do you hammer out a deal before the year ends or do you wait for the the year to end and then announce a deal? I do think the timing of this is, I guess it's not that pertinent, but if you go out today and you lose 138 to 91, and then tomorrow morning, hey, Steve Kerr's got an extension. That probably wouldn't play as well as if you 
announced a deal after a victory. Right, but I, I mean, in the same soundbite, he's also saying that Joe Lacob is the type that's like, you get a deal when your other deal is done. Right. Your other deal's not done yet. Joe Lacob is in information-gathering mode. Big time. Aren't we all? Of course. Right? Always. Like, are, okay, these last 29 games, are you good? Are you bad? Are you somewhere in between? And 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 individually. Clay, are you good? Are you bad? Are you somewhere in between? Kaminga, good, bad, somewhere in between? Same for Steve Kerr, I guess. Um, I don't think it means that the Warriors are going to suddenly just launch into a new search for a new coach, but based on what the Warriors' situation is at the end of the year, that could certainly affect what everybody wants to do going forward or or could shade the way that a new deal looks. Is it a two-year deal? Is it a five-year right. deal? I pff, Right, I think that give you fifteen million a year, or if you you end up with uh, you know ten and nineteen over the last twenty nine, does that cost Steve Kerr money on the deal? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it costs Steve Kerr his motivation. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like no. He says no. And Baxter said, uh, you know, Joe Lacob expects a deal to be done soon. Yeah, soon is soon soon to me is a couple weeks. Soon is not. (laughs) You know, we get into the summer. Yeah. Um, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Let's uh, we got something else we want to play for you from Anthony, but we will do it in a sec. Let's go to Mike in Hayward. Hi, Mike. You're on with Willard and Dibs. Hey, how you guys? I, I like the conversation. I would just like to say that uh, I think uh, what I'm seeing in the words right now, I, I like it. I like Pazinski. I like Kaminga. I think that's what they. I think Curtis found out these guys can play with Steph. Right, and they're learning real fast. And, and and Chris Paul, he ain't getting too many minutes, man. This, I don't think he's getting too many minutes unless Pazinski starts messing up. Right, that guy Pazinski, they got they got they got him and Kaminga. I don't know any other NBA teams got two young guys like that that's playing at that level right now. I don't know who who that might be. Right, there might be a few teams, but I think they got something going on. If it's not this year, next year for sure. I think they got something really fundamental they can build on with the guys they got left. And Clay coming off the bench. What's the big deal? Hey, you know, maybe his legs aren't as good as they are. I don't know, but all I know is that if he makes, if, if he pulls this off with Kerr, they're gonna be talking about how brilliant Curry is. Okay, that's all I gotta say. Okay, My- <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologize to Mike. I have to apologize to him. I got completely railroaded by from listening. I, I heard everything he said, but I got distracted because of the pronunciation. Because he called him Pazinski. Pazinski. Yeah. We have, to the it's list. been a minute since we've gotten another addition to our family of mispronunciation sensations. That's Pazemski a buck. Kid. Yeah. Pazemski. Pazinski. That's a good one. Pazinski. And he hit. There were three of them in there. There were three Pazinskis in there. Mike, welcome to the family. Glad to have you on board. You have been forever minted. Yes. By 95-7 the game and Mark Grandy. The majority of his call was centered around uh, Steve the, the Pekipski kid yeah. <laughs> and, and Kaminga having young core pieces to build around for the future. Yes, and that Chris Paul's not going to play too many minutes, and we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, and again, this is another nod to what I'm talking about with regard to Steve Kerr. And this isn't just to have this blanket snuggy around people like Steve Kerr and Kyle Shanahan. Oh, here we go, defending yeah. the coach again. But listen, I think you're doing yourself a disservice with with warrior takes. Not you, Dibs. It, you're doing yourself a disservice with warrior takes if you want to act like 
the hand that Steve has been dealt this year is just something that you can just play. Yeah. Come on, coach. I keep losing all these close games. Well, what in the hell am I supposed to do every night? Who do you want me to play? These are all giving me a list of 11 people and yelling at me to, to, to play them for more minutes. And some of them are a, a, a handful of players that are not to be relied on yet. Kaminga, we didn't know if you could rely on him. You still kind of scratch your head a little bit. Like, are you really ready to do this every night? Chris Paul, are you healthy? Are you 40? Like, Andrew Wiggins, are you in there? Right. Clay Thompson, are you okay? You look very angry and unsettled right now. Yet, all of you have the ability to uncork 30 at any moment. And you all are just like, dude, make all the right calls. Yeah, it's not that hard. I mean, it's so hard. Just play the good guys and it's, bench the bad ones. It's so, End of coaching it's clinic. So This year has been difficult, for sure. Thank you. It's been I'm difficult. Not, not saying he's perfect. He's been the first to step forward and be like, mess that up, screw that up of over course. there. Right, but and just, he's had to do things this year it. that he hasn't had to do in the past. Because in the past, it was, all right, Steph, Clay, and Dre, and... You know, we'll go Wiggins and Looney. Boom. There's my five. Looney. And I've got Jeez. three or four guys on the bench who I can trust and I can rely on. And then, you know, everyone talking about uh, Lamb and Jerome. Uh, he was married to Lamb and Jerome. He should have been playing the young guys. Well, Steve thought that those guys were going to help him in, in the near term. And turns out they did at times. And then they didn't. And that's the way that went. So when you're trying to play nine and ten guys and you have a roster where you only feel like six or seven are playable... You're going to end up playing guys that even Steve probably didn't want to play. Well, I mean, look, the bottom. did you want to win the Sacramento series or not? Big time. Okay. So I'm sorry. If Kaminga's going to stand there and watch rebounds fly over his head, then yes, I'd rather have Anthony Lamb. I, I, I don't care that he's not a very good basketball player. Was he playing overseas now or something? Where did he go? Sounds about right. Went somewhere. You talk, I'll Google. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah. he the, the, Like, Kaminga's got more talent in his Pinky He's playing finger. in New Zealand. There you go. For the Breakers. Okay. Kaminga's got more talent than his pinky finger. No doubt about it. It doesn't matter, though, if you stand there and watch rebounds fly over your head. It doesn't matter. So I'd get mad about people like Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb if there was an alternative that was sitting there that was amazing. Right. But there wasn't then. And this year, he kind of has the opposite challenge. Last year, you got into that Lakers series, and there were about six and a half guys you could play. Moses Moody was that half, yep. and the rest of it was, oh, God, I got to play somebody. I don't want to play him. Can't play you. You don't try. You're no good. This year he's got 11 or 12 when healthy, and I was just reading reports. Chris Paul uh, practiced five on five, and Steve Kerr said he's close. So you might get CP3 tomorrow night, big boy, when you're out there with the whole uh, fam, damnly. I don't listen. Listen, I, I'm not, no. You're down on him. Uh, that's the wrong way to say it. You were da- you were really down on him early. Well, I've never. Then been, you came around I'm a little bit. Not really. And I now tolerated. you're back out. I've never been excited about Chris Paul being a warrior. You but- hate him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It doesn't trying to get you to laugh. It doesn't get Laughter's me. Free. He can yeah, he can whatever. It's hey, Dub Nation, it's Chris Paul. Thank you. It's just whatever. It really is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that bothers everybody. The whole thing to me has been a big fat whatever. 
I look at Chris Paul and I go, you got rid of Jordan Poole. So, welcome. Congrats. Okay. By the way, I got Jordan Poole breaking news for you. You're listening to 95.7 The Game. KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. And you got more uh, Slater sound that you promised. Slater. You got a lot to do over there. I really am busy. So, just please. Just sit there. Give me some space, will you? (laughs) Tired of all your talking. (laughs) Totally. Love a chip. (laughs) Have your salt. We've got a lot to do. Yeah. And there's calls. All right. Um... Jordan, Breaking news, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's been benched. Wait, what? By the Washington Wizards. That, that's not possible. Uh, that's correct. Their head coach, their interim head coach, and I will give you $10 if you can name him. Oh, the Wizards interim head coach? Uh, <laughs> Don't look it up. No, I'm not. Don't look it up. I'm looking at Anthony Lamb right now in the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, $10 if you can name the Wizards interim coach. Randy. By the way, I give, you, I, give you, I give you $10 if you could name, like, I don't know, seven NBA coaches. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I know. It's Coach ca- Thibs is one. It's kind of become the weirdest, like, yeah. nondescript thing in sports, right? right? NBA coaches. Who are you? I, honestly, Who are you? I, don't know, I don't know that I could name 10. And I watch this stuff every night. Yeah, you could name 10, but. I probably could. Is it, uh, is it Jacques Vaughn? <laughs> I don't know. In the news, but yeah. no, yeah. it is not a Jacques Vaughn. His name is Brian Keefe. Ever heard of him before? Brian Keefe got the job? Yes. Yes. Heard of Any relation to Adam Keefe? Stanford the former Greg. Stanford Center, yeah. <laughs> Love the Might Redheads. Might have been a forward, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Ginger. Brian Keefe, huh? Brian Keefe, yeah. He's had enough of this Jordan Poole crap. And he's not going to stand for it anymore. So... Uh, the start, the, the, by the way, they haven't even announced the starters. He just wanted to announce that Jordan's not one of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Most likely going to be uh, Bilal Kulbali. Close. Whatever the hell his name is. How do you say it? Kulabali. Kulabali. I rolled over the eye. Who cares? I had another <laughs> vowel. He's got too many vowels in his last name. Uh, or Corey Kispert. It's most likely going to be one. Yeah. Corey Kispert. <laughs> one of them. He's Gonzaga guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, if Steve Kerr me. can't develop young players, then what about Brian Keefe? Because this Jordan Poole guy stinks. Man. What happened to him? Anyway. Don't know. Anyway. In other news. Yeah, no, Jordan. By the way. By in the other way. news, the Pistons are down by 29. <laughs> How many minutes does he have? Uh, Wiseman's played eight minutes. This Ed? is James Wiseman. He's 0 for 1. He's a negative 9. Okay. <laughs> Grandy with a big oh, chuckle from the oh, back. Oh, what did Lucas say? Lucas must say have said anything. something funny. No, nothing. I just, just was laughing about Wiseman, and he reacting. cracked the mic just to hear my laugh. Great <laughs> producing. That was great producing. That was a great off mic chuckle. That was. That was a really, yeah, really Johnny on the spot moment. By the way, I have one more thing to add to the Jordan Poole All story. Right. I hope the mayor in Northeast Ohio is still listening. Well, of course he is. Because the Warriors didn't develop James Wiseman. They did not. And he's got credibility. Not Wiseman. The mayor. Uh, I have some credibility. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Grandy's on fire. You got to hear why. Brian Keefe was asked, because this is what the media does. They hold the coach's feet to the fire. Finally, somebody around here. And they said, yeah, they said, hey, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian. Why did you bench Jordan Poole? 
You don't bench Jordan Poole. What do you think he said? It's a great question. He said, I'm tired of watching him dribble, 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 and shoot 30-footers. In Family Feud, that would be a correct answer. That's not what he said, but you you, you sort of captured the essence of what he said. Um, It's a move that, quote, was made in the best interest of the team. Gotcha. Gotcha. In other words, none of his teammates like it when he's on the court. Right. So listen, the, the Warriors can tell me anything they want. They acquired Chris Paul. Because they just wanted to get rid of Jordan Poole. And they wanted to turn him into financial flexibility. Financial flexibility has a name. It's Chris Paul. But that's what they acquired. Financial flexibility. It doesn't fit on the back of the jersey. So they just gave him one that says Paul. But his name is financial flexibility. Therefore, I am nor triggered nor interested in whether he does or doesn't play, it doesn't bother me. Then again, it won't bother me if he doesn't because it's a big nothing burger. He just represents flexibility, which will be further acquired at the end of this year in the form of actual flexibility. So why are we worried at all about him on the court? It's, it's kind of irrelevant to what they're doing right now. Well, it's actually very relevant to what they're doing because if you think that he can help you win games, you're going to play him. And if he helps you win games, then you can tolerate Pajemski maybe having his minutes cut. But if you play him and Pajemski's minutes go down and you don't win, fans are going to be outraged. Of course. And you will be triggered if Chris Paul is playing and Pod's minutes go down. Even if they win games, I think that will bother you. Because you want to see pods out there. I don't see that happening. Steve Kerr is literally having uh, pods gasms. Pods party. Pods gasms. <laughs> pods gasms on almost every interview we've had with him. He loves that guy. So who who has their minutes cut? Because Chris, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's going to play. He's going to play some. Right. Sparingly. And what's he playing this year when he plays? About 20 minutes a night? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Kenyonis. There you go. There's a name. He can get some DNPs. Sure. That's fine. Okay. You want to take that He's away? He's taking Lester's minutes. Yeah. How many minutes a game has Kenyonis got? How's that been going? He's at 12.9. Minutes? Chris, Chris Paul's getting 28 minutes a night. That was then. This is now. Correct. I know. Yeah. I'm just telling you that that's where Chris Paul has been. He got 15. 27.6. 15. Yeah, he's going to get more than 15, and I I want Warriors fans to brace themselves. I don't like it. you got to brace yourself because... I don't like it. Well, you don't have to like it. (laughs) And I won't. This speaks to what you were talking about before with Steve Kerr and the challenge he has as far as who to play and how do you know who's playing well and who's not. You're going to default to veterans when you have a veteran like Chris Paul come back and get healthy. I mean, GP2 is back. I know not tonight, but like... I don't. I, I'd rather have GP two on the floor. Plays defense. Yeah. Finishes at the rim. I'd rather have GP two on the floor. Do you want to know the number one thing when I just super lame in here when I'm watching these fourth quarters and the Warriors keep going? Okay, other team, you score all the points, and we'll see if we can <laughs> hang on. Fun game. When when they do that every night, do you want to know what my eyes see that they can't do? 
that they need to do in the final five minutes of the game? Get a rebound? Rebound. Yeah. Okay, so let's put Chris Paul in the game. Give me a break. I mean, why? Just again, why? Why? So he doesn't turn the ball over the same way Pajemski already doesn't turn the ball over? I don't see it. I don't see it. He's averaging more rebounds a game than Clay Thompson is. Well, Chris Paul. So then, then there, then you find your person that you can put on the bench sometimes. Clay Thompson. Sure. I mean, that might happen. Chris Paul's getting three point eight rebounds a game. So yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's not nothing. That's almost as much as Steph. Guru in San Jose. Is this the guru? No, nah, he's ah. going to the game tonight. Oh, all the more reason to give us a call and talk Dubs. No, <laughs> hey, guru, guru. No, yeah, that's a good point. Call us from Chase Center. But first, the other guru. Hi, Guru. What's going on? Welcome to Willard and Dibs. Hey, guys. What's going on? And, yeah, by the way, Guru is my given name. So that's what I actually go by. And that's my legal name as well. Wow. Is your last name Pandia? Because you sound so... No. You sound exactly like Doc Pandia. I appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right? Man, not bad. What do you right, give me for my Guru sounds out. like Pandia? It's really good. Okay. Really good. All right. All right, God-given Guru. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, I, I, I mean, I have to agree with everything, everything Willard's saying. I mean, with, I mean, with Chris Paul coming, with the biggest problem with Chris Paul on the court was not necessarily Chris Paul himself, but the players that he was playing with. And uh, the fact of the matter is, when Chris Paul was on the court, the Warriors were giving up the most second chance opportunities in the NBA. And so you can't have that. You have to be able to finish off defensive possessions. And one thing that Pajemski has provided that's been an underrated aspect of all of this is that he's rebounding the ball. And so he's he's able to finish off those defensive possessions for them because he's a really good rebounding guard. So that's just another reason to put him in the, in the starting lineup. And uh, another reason why Chris Paul shouldn't be seeing minutes, especially when Steph or and or GP2 and maybe even Pajemski is on the floor with him. So there, there just isn't a spot for him on in the lineup. He's just too small. And it's, it's more of a Warriors team construction problem than a Chris Paul problem. Guru, it's great stuff. I, I mean, I'll throw this all at. Thank you very much for the call. Um, like, you know who leads the uh, Warriors in rebounding per game? You know who's number one on the team? My guess would be Draymond. Uh, Draymond Green is a correct answer. 6.7. You know who's number two? Man, Kaminga? Should um, be. No, not even close. No, still come on. Come on, Looney. 6.3 a game. You know who's next? Yeah. Who? It's Pods. Freaking Pazimski. Pazimski kid. Yeah. <laughs> Pajowski. The dude's averaging almost six a night. Six as a guard. Yeah, he gets in there and gets a full. It's dirty. He gets more than a more than a rebound per game, more than Kaminga does. So, Which is, I mean, that's something you got to show Kaminga. You tape that to his locker, right. And say, "Come on, J.K. Really, right?" right. Sarich is getting more than uh, J.K. J.K. is getting more than Wiggins, though. I thought you'd like that. Of course, yeah, of course. Speaking of Wiggins, I think that's uh, who Greg and Petaluma wants to talk about. Hey, Greg, what's up? Hey, you guys, you know, I think you're way underrated as far as humor goes. You you are funny dudes. I'm sitting here listening to you, Mark, saying, knock, knock, knock. Andrew, are you there? 
And I, I started laughing, and I started remembering years ago there was a commercial for a a horror show. I think it was at Studio City in Southern California, and they would they would have people come out of the horror show, and they and their hair would be sticking straight up, and their eyes were wide open, and their face was white, and a guy would wave his hand in front of the eyes and say, "The lights are on, but nobody's home." <laughs> and that's exactly the way I felt about Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Greg, I tell you what, we've been in front of the mirror uh, all morning long working on our stick. So we're really uh, we're, we're excited that it's landing with you. Really, really appreciate that. You know, the funny thing is, is we're sitting here still saying this about Andrew Wiggins. And, uh, like, I, I almost feel kind of bad because the last couple of weeks has been – it's actually been like the best basketball we've seen him play in a year. Right. And again, the bar is set pretty low, though, yep. when you say that, because he hasn't really played very well all year. And I look at, you know, just the stats, and I know stats don't tell the full story, but his effective field goal percentage is bottom 12 in the league. His raw numbers shooting it very bad. His career averages in points a game, lowest of his career. And so, yeah, it's been a nice little couple of week bounce back and yes blip, it's blip. the best he's played in a year but you know remember last year he shut it down for half a year and then this year he came back and he was awful to start the year yeah no i mean for sure and i still think andrew wiggins is the one who's in this sort of like the middle bucket you know what i mean if you took all of these players and you start thinking about the future wiggins is the one where and i hate this because dude's a champ. He's a champ. He'll never not be a champ. He was absolutely integral in you winning a champ. But don't you feel like the average Warrior fan, if you're looking at emotional response to the idea of keep or don't, yep. Wiggins is the one where there's like no emotional response. Yeah. It feels very take it or leave it right now. And it feels like the response is, well, what can we get for him? You know, if because he, he's got three more years in his deal, and you get to the offseason, I do think that he'll be shopped. I know he was shopped at the trade deadline, and the Warriors didn't feel like what they were going to get back was going to be good enough, but I would imagine that they shop him again in the offseason. Yeah, and, and therefore, that's one of the guys over the last 29 games that in an odd way you root for, but maybe not for the reason... That's normal. Right. You're not rooting for him because you're like, yeah, it helps win basketball games. Um, are you looking for Andrew Wiggins to just build his value? Which I would say since the trade deadline, he has. Yeah. His value is more right now than it was two, two, three weeks ago. He responded when he didn't get dealt, and he immediately came out and had a great game, had one of his better games of the year. Uh, Nick in San Jose is next. Hi, Nick. What are you doing? Hey guys, how you doing? I'm on the way to I'm on my way to the game. You know, I just wanna chime in. I'm love love the station. You guys are you guys are doing great. I just wanted to chime in really quick about Chris Paul, specifically him being out of the lineup. And it's just there's this human phenomenon that takes place and it revolves around this sort of recency bias where as soon as someone's out of the lineup for let's say three weeks or a month or more, we automatically don't need them anymore for some we make excuses to not play them anymore. They're undervalued all of a sudden. If I recall correctly, when Chris was on the, in the lineup, our second team thoroughly dominated our starting lineup. Like, literally carried us through that first part, first 20 games or so. And, you know, 
the same thing happened with Draymond when he when he was uh, suspended. We were ready to trade Draymond. We don't want him. And now you know he's you know the queen. You know he's he's you know the icing on the cake. We love him. We can't get enough of Draymond. I got the feeling that it's going to be the same thing with Chris Paul once he gets back in the lineup. We're only going to have ten guys playing. That lineup is going to shrink as the playoffs get closer. Um, right now, we've got about ten solid rotational pieces. Um, that does not include Moses Moody, so I'm curious to see what happens with that. Definitely does not include Quinones or or uh, or Davis. So I don't know. I just I just don't want to get too hard on Chris yet because he's been out of the lineup, and we can't be too rough on him. Let it let him come back, and we just forget so quick what he did to this team. Last thing I'll say, and I'll go off with this. I'm hard on Clay Thompson. I'm tough on him, but. You know what I did earlier today? I watched game four of the 2022 NBA Finals, the Steph game. Deservedly so, the Steph game. Klay Thompson was huge in that game with some big shots and a big defensive stop. So if we truly are light years ahead in a different franchise, then let's, let's, get, let's give Klay some time to find himself. You know, let's see how the second half of the season goes. Love you guys. Love the show. Thank you. Nick, thank Thanks, you so Nick. much. That's a, that's, that's a very uh, coherent phone call yeah. and a very, very fair yeah. uh, opinion. But here, here, okay, you want me to give Chris Paul something? I'll give Chris Paul something. He works very well with Dario Saric. They clearly have a chemistry. Yeah. And that was important off the bench early on in the season. My response to that, though, uh, is it's not that it's short-term memory. It's that life has changed. One of the reasons the second unit was so much better than the first unit was not because the second unit was great. It was because the first unit was terrible. Yeah. It was because Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins were both awful for extended periods of time. Well, that has now been adjusted by a number of things. This is a completely different roster than it was in December. Think about what's new. Well, first of all, Clay Thompson is now on the bench and part of the second unit, if you will. Secondly, Jonathan Kaminga, completely different player. Third, and maybe most important when it comes to Chris Paul, Brandon Pajemski has grown into a player, a player you can count on, you can give 30 minutes to, and get very good production in multiple fronts of the basketball court. So there's that. Andrew Wiggins, at least in a very recent scenario, is a viable wing again on both sides of the floor. Add all that together, and again, I'm not suggesting you give him DNPs, but I am not handing a significant role back to Chris Paul with this group, which has played its best basketball without him. And also its worst basketball. Without him, um, and you look at you know, the, some the of the worst? games. Well, the worst that they they had was when they lost all those games in a row, and he was a part of that. When they lost, well, they lost three in a row. They lost five of seven. Yeah, he played in some of those games. He was hurt for some. It's been up and down, and he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, we have an update from Steve Kerr from the arena with regard to the availability of Chris Paul. Okay, Chris Paul is slated to return in October. <clears throat> no, that's not what he said. <laughs> um, the Warriors, he will not return um, over these next few home games. Chris Paul is likely to return at some point on the upcoming road trip. 
Uh, the upcoming road trip will start Tuesday in Washington, okay. where both he and Jordan Poole can come off the bench together. That'll be exciting. <laughs> uh, but yes, the upcoming road trip starts Tuesday in Washington. It then takes them to New York Thursday, Toronto Friday, Boston Sunday. There's your four-game road trip. Uh, the Warriors have three home games tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday before that. So at some point on the road trip is when they expect Chris Paul to return. Okay. I look forward to seeing how they integrate him and what kind of minutes he eventually gets. Because right away, he won't get up to what where he's been playing for sure, the most part sure. of the year, 28 or so minutes. But when he's played, he's played at least 20 minutes in every game, except for the one game where he got hurt. Yeah, I just think, again, at different points of the season, players were asked and needed to do different things. Yeah, I don't look at And look, this can change on a dime. Somebody could, you know, I'm not going to say it out loud, but right. I mean, right? We, we all know we what know. happens. We know. Injuries happen. I don't know what their needs are going to be. But when I look at who the Warriors have been for the last three weeks and a team that's won eight of their last ten basketball games, I don't see a team that's sitting there going, you know what we need? We need a 38-year-old backup point guard. That's what we're missing. I'm sorry. I just don't see it right now. What they need is a guy who can come in and – steady the offense and not turn the ball over, which you mentioned the rebounding problems with their fourth quarter collapses. It's also turnover problems in those fourth quarters but, where they, they give with, it up live Pajewski. ball turnovers. No, it's, it's just the team in general. So you bring in a guy who is excellent with the ball, doesn't turn it over very often, and I think he can be a steadying influence in late in games. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it, to me it's not even about late in games. Again, I got no issues with 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, he, yes, a role, not the role that he had. I don't see that. I don't, I don't see that available. It's just not available right now. It would be wild if this team played Chris Paul for 28 minutes. <laughs> who's leaving? Like, at whose expense? Right. You know, you've won, uh, you've won 8 of 10. Um, Chris Paul, 1.2 turnovers per game. Brandon Pajemski, 1.3. You know what I mean? It's pretty uh it's pretty even. Pretty Steven. comparable, yeah. yeah. Lucas, you want us to take this or not? Yeah, you like it? Okay. Of course. Dude, <laughs> it's well, I mean, yeah, it's it's Filmo, but he didn't give me the green light. Now we got the green light, which is exciting because ladies and gentlemen, it's Filmo Mike. What up, Filmo? Hey, what's up, fellas? Happy New Year's to y'all, man. For real though. How y'all doing? Perfect. Why, Mike? Why? Hey man, listen, I gotta t- I got hey, listen, man. I got I got wavering a little bit on me, man. Chris Paul is the perennial All Pro. Okay, not only does he not turn the ball over, but he's he's a great defender. Okay, Draymond Green has surprised everybody. You know, hey, hey look, man, that team is. Steph Curry said he got the secret sauce. So get ready for the ride, baby. Cause man, hey man, Skyblin, and you don't know what Clay Thompson is trying to pull out his hat, man, with this new role, right? And you know, do you know when Steve Kerr used to get a key, the board to uh, to the players and let them uh, coach? You know, I'm looking for that again. But they loaded, man, and it, everything's going the right way, man. You know what I'm saying? So let, let's have some confidence in these guys, man. You know what I'm saying? Let's not waver with these guys. They they finna come through. Look, you remember when Durant came? We he wasn't playing that good with us at first till they started playing, till they started gelling, and then they couldn't touch it. So watch it happen, man. Watch watch the magic. All right, OG Filmo, thank you. So I know what everyone's thinking. They're like, that's not Filmo, Mike. 
Well, Lucas put up on the board OG Filmo Mike, and I was thinking he meant like that's the the OG Filmo uh, Mike is on gotcha. the phone. I didn't know it was a different guy, who by the way is not OG Filmo Mike. That's Michael Irvin. Do not tell me that that was not Michael Irvin. That was Michael Irvin on the phone. Oh, that was. I thought you were oh saying Michael God. Irvin the was dead OG Filmo Mike. No. Oh my God. That sounded exactly like Michael Irvin. A little bit of Michael Irvin yeah. in there. Yeah. We had Doc Pandia call and call himself Guru. <laughs> we got Filmo Mike. We got Michael Irvin calling. Are you joking? And calling himself the OG Filmo Mike. We got a wild hour going on on Willard. We and may Dips. need to do a side by side by because that. That was really uh, Irvin-esque. <laughs> I think you're amazing. right. That and, was amazing. Man, he's... So get ready for the ride, baby. That's a... Right, that yeah. rasp. He got the rasp. Yeah, he does. Get ready for the ride. Big time um, rasp. Now, with all that said, kind of disagreed with just about everything he said. Well, Like, the I, war... Like, I, I get... I just don't want ever to play the name game. And we do this sometimes. You know? So, OG says, like, the Warriors are loaded. Right. Name value. Name value. They're loaded. They're also the 10 seed. This is the 10 seed, you know? So now we can go back to uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Cleveland Credible, uh, the mayor of uh, Cleveland Hoops or whatever his name so was. I have some credibility here. Thank you. And he was the one <laughs> who said, listen, what are you, you're, you're all waiting for this, this crater, this drop-off, this bottoming out. And it's already happening. Right. You're the 10 seed. It's happening before your eyes. Um, I think that lacks context. Um, but somewhere in there, there's a shred of truth to it. Like, we're partly there. If, if, if Depends on how the season ends. If the journey to bottoming out is inevitable, wouldn't you say, like, the car has already left the garage. Well, you're heading I, toward yeah, the bottom. Like I don't know, and I don't know that they'll ever hit rock bottom. That's what Lakeham is saying he doesn't want to do. Right. But no, they're not. You're not sitting. At, no, they've won eight of ten, and and they're still a favorite to make the playoffs. So that's not quote bottoming out. It may mean that the dynasty's over. I think those are two different things. Well, yeah, the dynasty is over unless you win another championship, probably this year, because you know you can't go seven years in between titles and say you have a dynasty because dynasties happen with titles in bunches. And, you know, if you don't win another title, then yeah, you'd look back and say the fourth championship was the end of it. And that's the way it goes. But bottoming out is not like stepping off of a roof of a 12 story building and you sink quickly to the bottom. Sometimes it's a slow, slow, inexorable crawl toward the bottom. And if they're the 10 seed and they, they find their way into the playoffs and they lose in the first round. And then next year, you don't even make it into the play-in game. And then it's an incremental slide. It's not like they go from winning a title to lottery team three years in a row. That would be a dramatic race to the bottom. Well, this team's not doing that. I think the whole thing is, is kind of fascinating because if you just kind of go at it in, in a simple sort of a way, the emotional side of any fan, self-included, when Joe Lacob says... We're not bottoming out. We're not ever going to be a lottery team. I'm not interested in that. I don't want to go that route. Your emotional response is, yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't ever want to even think about that. Um, however, your analytical side, or at least mine, my analytical side goes, I, 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 don't, I don't know if that's the best idea. I don't think, listen, don't ever purposefully bottom out. Don't ever tank. 
That I understand. But this idea of like a visceral reaction to ever having a really awful season that puts you in the lottery, I don't know if that's the best way to to build a team. You need great players. It's awesome if you want to go get all the free agents. But how many of those are there a year? How many difference makers at the top of your roster are out there in free agency and you're just going to get them all because you're the Warriors? Right, your culture. I don't think that it works that way. You're going to, at some point in in your run, Joe Lacob, you guys are going to have to draft a star. I don't really know any, like, what? what's an example of a great NBA team that's out there right now who didn't draft any of their good players? Uh, the Lakers. Um, the Lakers. I mean, their best players are yeah, I mean, they're not homegrown. Debatable to call them top well, of the league. They've I had mean, a championship in recent years. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about it, but they they won the championship. They won the in-season tournament this year, too. Most <laughs> recent banner given out. Yes, Lakers. Yes. yes, they did. Free agents this upcoming year. Yes, they did. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, Paul George, LeBron, if he opts out, Siakam. Ananobi, James Harden, DeRozan. I think that what you're saying is mostly true. Like, you don't often find free agents who are out there who you can just nab and plug them in, and all of a sudden you become a championship team. Yeah, I mean, there are good teams. I get it. You know, the Knicks didn't draft their best players, Yep, and they're the four seed right now. Um, You know, the Pacers are the, uh, the six seed. They didn't draft their best player. Um, I mean, maybe the better example, you brought up the Lakers. You probably should have brought up their uh, sweet mates. Um, yeah. The Clippers didn't draft any of those people. Um, so it's doable, but I think it's pretty tough. I think it's pretty tough. I think it's a lot better to do it to look like Boston looks right now. Right, and or, look like Golden State did all these years. Look like Golden State did, sure, sure. And even if you look at a team like you know the Phoenix Suns, who's brought in a couple of hired guns, They've still got, like, I think, I think the core person on that roster is Devin Booker. You know, it's not, even if you think Kevin Durant's their best player, I think the core of what's going on with that team is Devin Booker. He's the now and the future of that team. And you look at Jokic in Denver. Same. And, you know, you look at all the other teams that are competing in the West and, you know, Oklahoma City. Minnesota. Even Dallas. Although they didn't, they didn't draft Luca. They got him on draft night. That counts. Yeah, that counts. You know, draft day trade. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy. Rich in Fremont. Hey, Rich, what are you doing? I'm getting off work and I'm looking Good. at red lights and light plates. Glad so you called, Rich. Yeah, no, it's not, but hey, that's here in the Bay Area. If you live here, that's what you got to deal with. So, anyway, um, I was going to say that I think really at the end of the day, regardless of who, who, you know, who's on the roster and who's playing and who's not, you know, this is crunch time for the Warriors, okay? I don't care if it's Chris Paul or, or if it's Lester Keonis. Whoever's on that floor, they better, they better bring their A game from here on out because if they don't, then guess what? It, it's probably, honestly, it's going to be over because – they got teams in the West that can contend with them just in just about every every uh, position that they that they have. Okay, with the exception of maybe Steph. Okay, um, so my my whole take on this is, hey, regardless of who it is, regardless of how you construct that roster, when Chris Paul comes back or Moses Moody comes back, 
I don't care who it is. They better be playing. They better be balling out. Because if they're not, then guess what? Guys, it's over. Thanks, fellas. Well, Rich, that's an interesting one. Thanks so much. I mean, um, that concept sort of presupposes that um, you still think the Warriors are fighting for a championship. And I guess it's not that they're not. I mean, right. Right, like they're allowed. They're allowed to go into the playoffs and, and win the whole thing. My mind is not even like you'd have to have a bunch of things go right over the next six weeks for me to even start letting the idea of a championship into my brain. That's 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 way up at the top of the staircase, and there's a bunch of other stairs that you still need to climb. Right, but you have to, you know, get into the play in first and then get into the playoffs. And like you said, you'd have to pull off some pretty impressive upsets, but things could break your way. And the teams at the top of the Western Conference are not rife with experience. You've got some new some newcomers up there, Minnesota and OKC. So there could be some vulnerability there. No doubt, no doubt. No uh, no playoff experience uh, at a deep level for those teams. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Willard and Dibs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. While you're there, you can check out Anthony Slater's conversation with the Morning Roast, which we have referenced a couple times, played some audio from, and promised one other clip from him. And uh, we have that for you now as well. And, and that is with regard to... To Clay Thompson, we wanted to make sure we knew what the exact sort of idea was behind this conversation because it's about these final 29 games and if there's a chance that either Steve Kerr or Clay Thompson could be finishing their Warrior careers over these last 29 games. And the guys asked Anthony um, which was more likely to end up basically somewhere else next year. Uh, I would probably, if I had to choose one of those two, uh, speculatively, I would say it's more likely that it would be Clay's final 29 because uh, his money is taxed and his money is a lot harder as like a Tetris piece to to fit with the whole second apron coming. And Joe Lake have even mentioning to Tim Kawakami the other day uh, that they might even try to get out of the tax. Like there's a little motivation for that. Like, you know, Clay Thompson's making $43 million. He's going to have to take some type of pay cut. But, you know, the Warriors would have to really have him take a pay cut if, if uh, you know, you're going to get under the tax. So, to me, there's a lot more complications there. And, and there's more suitors out there that I think will be kind of uh, potentially there to steal Clay Thompson away. Whereas, Yeah, I, this is something I started thinking about yesterday. And you remember when we were talking about guys like Jerry Rice. And, right. You know, just beloved athletes who finished their career with, with other teams. Um, this is a conversation for later, depending on how this all goes. I'm just starting to wrap my head around the concept, and it's starting to become more and more believable to me. Right, and that, more palatable, that, too, yeah, I think. That Clay wears another jersey. And someday. I'm starting to become more okay with seeing him out there in, a, in another jersey because his time here has been wonderful, four titles, but it feels like this year and the player that he's been – may not fit, and if he wants to go out there and get more money than the Warriors are willing to pay him, well, then you thank him for his time here, and you root for him, except for the games where he plays Golden State. Right. <laughs> uh, I hear people say Philly a lot. Philly might be interested. Okay. Clay Thompson. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where, where I see it. I do see well, him on a team that is competitive. Yeah. I don't see him going to, you know, Detroit – or oh, San no, no, Antonio, no, no, no. or I know they brought up Orlando yesterday. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just the thing about it sometimes is guys get to a portion of their career 
where you have to go somewhere else to realize what your your role is. And and in fact, that's happened repeatedly around sports. You can think about the examples all over the place, which is, I mean, look at Carmelo Anthony's career. You know what I mean? It's like for a while, it's like, dude, you're a one, you're an Olympian, you're in the NBA Finals, and then you get into your 30s, and like next thing you know, you're like playing 11 minutes off the bench to knock down a three. And Clay could still be an amazing option. I'm not saying 11 minutes, but if you went somewhere else and went, dude, just like, we don't need you to be our two. Right. Like, just... Right, just be over there and knock down threes for 22 minutes a night. I, I mean, wow, he'd be an amazing option, a high level option for sure. And people will pay for that. The Carmelo example is fascinating, and I, I couldn't remember all the teams, so I just looked oh my it God, up. He played for all of them. Well, a lot of Denver. Yep, and then a ton with the Knicks, sure. and then he got to that point that you're talking about. He was 32 going into his 33 year old year. OKC for a year, Houston. 10 games he got hurt, Portland for actually two seasons, and then he was a Lakers. A Laker. So that's the kind of, and I don't know if Clay is going to end up having that trajectory, but that is the kind of player that, you know, Carmelo became kind of like a a hired shooter, a hired sniper. Yep. And Sammy G on YouTube says he can be that now. And that's true. Maybe that's what they're priming him to be. Right. But it's harder for the player, I think, to accept it. When it's here, if you go somewhere else, you automatically go through the realization of they're not signing me to be there too. I don't think sometimes Clay knows any other way to be here. Right, because he's always been that. He's a splash brother. He's a splash brother. If he goes to fill-in-the-blank team, he's no longer a splash brother in that way. He's just a guy who you want to come in and make some threes. Uh, Real quick, because we're up against it, but uh, OG Filmo Mike is called back because apparently it was like defend his honor. OG, I'm sorry. I thought you were the other Filmo Mike. Hey, fellas, hey, real quick. Hey, I I ain't going to take up a whole lot of time, but let me just uh, read out my credentials, man. Uh, My my nickname is Donut. I've been living in Filmo for 52 years. I'm 61 years old. I am a basketball official. I am an umpire. And I am a, a football referee. I've been doing this for 27, 28 years, right? And I used to play ball with Sonny, with Sonny Parker, with Phil Smith, and Gus Wiz up in Hamilton, you know what I'm saying, and at Petrail Hill Rec Center when it was some real ballers out there, right? So I definitely know what I'm talking about out oh, here. Oh, yeah. And everybody know who I am. I didn't put in much work down here, guys. Hey. You know and I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all work that y'all put in because y'all know y'all thing. Hey, OG, right? OG, we, we, we love you. How'd you, real quick now, 10 seconds, how'd you get the name Donut? Hey, man, when I was a little kid, man, they had this uh, cartoon. We used to call it Double Deckers, right? And they had the little fat kid, right? And he's always eating donuts. So when they, on Fillmore Street, they used to have a donut shop, right? And we used to come from uh, football practice, and I would always stop at the day, get day-old donuts right there on uh, Fillmore and Gary Street, right? Oh, that's good. And they good. just started calling me donuts. That's good. Right? What's, your, what's, your, what's your favorite? OG, what's your favorite donut? Get it right. The, the twist. The twister, man, the twister. The twister. The twister. The twist. Thank you, OG. All right, OG. That's a good answer. That's top three. Stop there. It's not a chocolate old-fashioned, but I right. get it. I get it. It's a good classic donut, People though. do like the, the twister. Yeah, the twist. The Gla- twister. Glazed twist. Yeah. The kids do like that. All right. More coming up. Twitter and Dibs. 
You are funny, dude. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. All right, uh, been a lot of dubs today. Uh, we're back. We're back. Gosh, this was like, uh, this was, uh, I got to be honest with you. Um, and I don't mean this in uh, overall life. It's been a bunch of cool stuff that's happened over the last week. But right. uh, uh, NBA All-Star break, end of the NFL season, and the biggest story we've got out of baseball is apparently uh, people are wearing pants that don't cover their... Uh, <clears throat> Man meat? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, like, I'm about done with the whole, like, there's no sports thing. So, yay, Warriors and Lakers in just over an hour right here on 95.7 The Game. Right. It's about time. It's about damn time. It's about damn time. Yeah. Let's get going here. Warriors Survivor starts tonight. And we did a whole show, and I don't want to... And the streak, so I'm just going to say this but not really say it, but we did a whole show without talking about Kyle Shanahan and how he's got to go. He came up. Just in arrogance. Arrogant. Super arrogant. Super jerky. But we didn't talk about the Super Bowl <laughs> loss. We didn't talk about no. any of that nonsense. I yuck. Yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah, and I didn't even share my my personal bit of breaking news that's uh, Niner related. What is it? Brock Purdy and I are friends on Facebook. <laughs> oh, you're not. You want me to show you? How'd that happen? He reached out. No, that's not true. The first part might be true, but the second part is not true. You got a friend request from Brock Purdy? Who are you? By the way, there's no way Brock Purdy's on Facebook. <laughs> Scoreboard. I knew the jealousy would, the jealousy would be no palpable. There's no chance that he's on Facebook. Let me see it. I'll tell you this. We're friends, and you're jealous. No, you're just using words. Show me. All right. Brock Purdy, friend. He's praying. Uh huh. Friends. Wait, 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 I'll walk no, it over. No, yeah, walk it off. Is there's that Brock no, Prudy? Yeah, there's no way that's Brock Purdy. <laughs> I have an actual real life connection. Wow. Give me the computer. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Uh-huh. Friends. Yeah. We're friends. And you're saying that Brock Purdy reached out to you. Yeah, of course. And that his his handle is at Brock Purdy 108. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. Got it. All right. My dentist is friends with Brock Purdy's now wife. <laughs> That's an actual story. Actual truth bomb. Okay. okay. I missed all that. Uh, official contact of Brock Purdy. Let's see, view Iowa all State of, alum. View all of the Brock Purdy Jesus lover Facebook profiles. Seems legit to me. See all Count it. public and hints and hints and Yeah, that guy not on Facebook. Score it. There's no chance that guy's. <laughs> he and I. <laughs> Can you? Imagine? Me, him, and Jesus. He reached out. We're close. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What'd that look like? What'd he say when he reached out? He said, uh, "Me and you and JC." <laughs> Let's be friends. I said, I'm in, Brock. So get him on the show, Dibs. Yeah. You won't. I'll reach out. I'll send him a DM because we're friends. Big book Brock. See if we can get him on the show. All right. That's exciting. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. That's fake. But anyway. Anyway, (laughs) You're jealous. It's cute. (laughs) Um, You don't want to talk about the baseball pants? I haven't seen the baseball pants. I don't know. Exactly what 
what it is we're going to talk about. So there's pants. Oh, there's nothing to talk that about. Baseball players wear. This is that, called this is called a kicker story, Dibs. We're at the end. I know, of the show. but I, I yeah. can't. I can't kicker. talk about it unless I know exactly what it is that we're like, talking you about. Know is this... how, you know how, like, when the news is like, let's go to the zoo. Totally. Look, uh, and in fact, this is a story today. Apparently, the San Francisco Zoo is very bummed because pandas are coming back to California. Not Pablo Sandoval. Actual pandas. And they will be going to San Diego. Of course. Yeah, of course. Hello. San Diego Zoo. The Marquis Zoo. That's the zoo. Yes. Uh, so what do I need to Google in order to participate in this conversation? Baseball Lucas? pants. All right. Baseball so pants. is this the first year Fanatics is in charge of uniforms? Is that what's going on? Apparently. Apparently. I don't, I'm don't. i not all up on the story either. You sound like you're more up on it than I do. It's, I don't search stuff like this out. When I see headlines or even Guru being like, apparently there's dude's junk all over the internet. I'm not it. like, ooh, Let's Google fanatics, dudes, junk, and see it. I don't want to see that. Oh, it's I just do. highly memeable. Well, it's, it's all over the internet. It's know? absurd, is what it is. Like, I mean, I know that it's fun and it's funny, but it's just I, weird. I, well, They're like see-through. Yeah. Once again, Major League Baseball at Who's times weak? conducts itself as your local little league. Like this is what happened. This has happened multiple times in my life, either as a dad as a or, or a coach, with, with Little League. Like last year, everybody got their uniforms. My team, they're like, ah, uh, yeah, the supplier. The guy who does it lives in Oakland, and he didn't do it. Just like no uniforms. So now all my kids are wearing small, dirty, stained uniforms. Fine, no big deal. They're nine. We'll get over it. Right, right. This is Major League Baseball. This is... Pornography is what this is. Oh, you're looking at it. Do you want me to walk the the computer over? Walk it over again. I haven't seen it. These pants are see through. There's a picture of Casey Schmidt. Right. He brought this one up. Mustache of the day photo. And I mean. Yeah, the Giants have since deleted this, by the way. I bet. I don't even. You don't even look at his mustache. And again, I'm. I'll show you. Just hold it up. You don't need to walk it over. I don't need it to be up close. Just hold it up. Oh, you need to see it up no, close. No, put it right next to your Brock Purdy Facebook conversation. We're friends. Yeah. Hold it up. Uh, okay. Let me see it. You you won't really be able to see what you need to see. Here, I'll show you the Padre one because the Padre one oh, is straight the, up porn. I heard this. Is, is it Tatis? Mm, Tatis. Uh, That's not a tail between his legs. <laughs> And you can cut that and save it because that's a fact. I don't. I mean, and it, no, yeah. I've got. I honestly. Here's the other one. It's, these pants are see-through. You can see. Oh yeah, you can see through the, you can in see the shirt pockets. tail. Yeah, yes, you can see the I mean, pockets. what are we doing, Major League Baseball? I don't know. I have so many questions. Like pornography. Rec- recent questions, <laughs> dude. This one, it's porn. Did we ever? I'm play, sorry. Did we ever play the Jeff Passan thing? Remember Jeff Passan last week? I bet you saw it. Jeff Passan, and I think this came out on, like, Friday. And Jeff Passan is on MLB Network or ESPN or whatever the hell they're doing. And and they throw to him about the A's situation, and he just starts cackling. He's just laughing. And, and, and he's like, it will surprise absolutely no one if this relocation ends up going absolutely nowhere. And And he went in. He's like, you would not believe around the league how many people – 
and even in politics who are dealing with the A's and they come away from their dealings with the A's and they're like, is this real? Is this actually like, is it, this is a professional baseball team. Right. And, and I know it becomes very passe and easy to just rip John Fisher and, and Cavill and the A's, but my brain goes to a different spot. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, here would be my example. Let's say, because you can do this, there are certain like companies that, that do O&Os. You know what an O&O is? Yeah, All owned right? and operated. All right. So let's say I bought a Subway. All right, I'm going to do Subway sandwiches. I love the meatball sub, 12-inch Italian bread. I love that. I'm going to buy a Subway. I'm going to sell sandwiches to kids in my neighborhood. But, but this is going to be my thing now. I'm going to go out in front of my Subway. This is going to be my little quirk. I'm going to turn all the letters upside down so that it looks like something I can't even read. I haven't done the homework to know what subway upside down, or maybe I do it backwards and it would be, yeah, bus. (laughs) Yo, bus. That's what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm different. What do you think subway would do? They would uh, probably file a cease and desist. Thank you. And insist that you put the letters in the correct way. So why has Major League Baseball not done that to the A's? Because they want them to be in Las Vegas. They do? I think. Not going well. Well, all the owners owners voted unanimously. I don't don't think they're going to be in Las Vegas. I think they're going to end up at a high school in Utah or something. Like, why has baseball not been like cease and desist? All right, they're giving us one now, so we have to go because it's a Warrior game, everybody. And what's coming up is Evan Giddings with Warriors Live, brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Here we go. We've got sports in an hour. It's going to be amazing. You want to do it again tomorrow? Yeah. All right, let's do it again tomorrow. For Dibs, for Grandy, for Lucas, I'm Mark. Shoot your shot. It's all you got. That's not a tail between his legs. This is pornography. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 